And welcome everybody to another edition of Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Drexel Show. If you have missed the last few weeks, you would know that, yikes, you wouldn't know actually, that Vowels is no longer with us. Well, she's with us in spirit, but uh, no longer with us on the program because of some family issues. She posted about them on our site, on our forum, if you're curious, but nothing to do with anything that happened here on this site. Still good friends with uh, with the hosts, and uh, she will return one day if she gets these problems sorted out and has the time to do it, and we will welcome her back. But for now, she's off the show. But one person who's not off the show is my other co-host, Brandon Drexel-Gerson. And to prove that, I'm going to put him on the show right now. I should have already done that, but uh, I just didn't. Oh, there you are, Brandon. I thought you were going to not answer and make a fool of me. I was actually listening uh, to the theme song and your opening monologue on uh, the radio since I wasn't connected. And I didn't want to make the amateurish mistake of having radio on while I was connected on Skype. That's good. I, I don't like yes. amateurish mistakes, so that's good. Yes. And we have a tournament starting in 15 seconds, by the way. No, so if it's you haven't actually, registered, actually, you probably won't be able to get it. Is it 15? It should have been at 740. Is it 730? Oh, is it? Oh, oh yeah, it is. You're right. I'm oh, sorry. I just assumed me. it was 730. You scared me. So you you guys don't have 15 seconds. You have a whole 10 minutes to get over there and do it. So uh, thank you for bringing this up, though, Brandon. Yes. Uh, we do have a tournament tonight. $50 prize pool as usual. This time it came from LLL. And, uh, you know, he's a quite an active user on this site, and uh, you know, even though he has some tastes really? in certain things that are a little bit uh, different than some people here. What uh, is the sex industry down? See, money didn't... Uh, sex industry stock must have gone down this week, huh? I don't know. I, I, I don't <laughs> want to criticize C-Money for not donating. No, I, I, week. I know. He's a, he's a great he's, guy. He's a great guy and very generous to the site. Uh, um, whenever he donates, I'm very happy, and uh, when he doesn't, I, I understand. You know, <laughs> every week it uh, get expensive after some time, but uh, yeah, this week came from LLL, who donated his uh, Templar fund money that he got from, you know, he was scammed by the Templar and he donated half of that to the free roll for tonight. So the free roll, it's unusual tonight. It's not No Limit Hold'em. At Does request... that sound like a great name for a movie, Scammed by the Templar? Yes, like, it actually is. Sounds like, a, it sounds like an Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones, <laughs> Scammed by the Templar. Indiana Jones 5, Scammed by the Templar. <laughs> In a world where someone who grows up with Josh Hamilton. Listen, I want to ask you, speaking of, uh, you played the uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if my 80s music is correct. Yeah, that's correct. And I'm sure you've seen every Rocky, and I, I guess it's it's <clears throat> indisputable that uh, Rocky 1 and 2, some may say 1 was better or 2, but those are definitely the top 2. But after that, how would you rate the rest of them, including, although it, it's considered a Rocky, it, it was not... You know, it didn't have the Rocky Six, and it was what was I just called Bob Boa? Right, Rocky Bob Boa. Yeah. But before I do that, let me other... let me quickly finish about this free roll here, since it's starting now in nine minutes. Uh, Fifty dollar right. prize pool, for, uh, thirty-five for first, ten for second, five for third. Also, a donated fourth prize. Uh, this is by Bubbles, and uh, it's five dollars on Lock Poker only, because he happens to have money on Lock Poker. So if you have a Lock account. Uh, he'll transfer it there. Otherwise, uh, I guess you're not eligible. But uh, that's from Bubbles. You has can... has anyone else ever seen the irony in the fact that every week Bubbles donates to the person that would bubble the tournament? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, every week he does. That's true. But this is actually Bubbles' suggestion to not make it No Limit Hold'em this week and to make it 08. So it is Omaha 8 or better this week. And uh, so for those of you that don't like Hold'em and prefer Omaha, 
this is the week for you. It's not PLO, but it is Omaha. So uh, 7.40 Pacific Time, eight minutes from now. It's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find the link for that at the top of the site. Uh, you need an account, but you don't need any chips. Totally free to enter. The only thing you need to qualify for the free money is to have had an account registered since May 21st, or sorry, before May 21st, uh, 2012. If you don't, PM me or send an email to dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com and convince me that you've been listening to this show for a while, been browsing my forum for a while, or been either a lurker or a participant on a previous forum that I was part of for quite some time, or listened to a previous radio show I was part of for quite some time. I just don't want new people here just for the free roll. That's that's all I'm now, trying to avoid. Even at this juncture, do you still have people that tried to scam you into paying them out? I mean, have we run across this problem? No, no, we haven't. I think I think I've kind of cut it off before it can happen. So no, I haven't. It's just just kind of a disclaimer because I just I don't want the word getting out that we have a fifty dollar free roll every week and just to show up with a free account and win it and then collect the money and leave. Like I I just don't want that. I don't want our users' money going that way. So anyway, yeah. that's that's tonight seven forty. No late registration. So if you're not registered yet on the site, you can you can get it done in seven minutes. But but be quick about it. And uh, if not, you have to wait till next week. I. I don't like the fact that there's no late registration, but that's built into the software, and I didn't write it, so there's nothing I can do. I do want to give a thanks to Belly Buster, who also didn't write the software, but he's running the software on his own computer, his own server, donating his time, his energy, his money to providing the No Fraud Online Poker Room to the community, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Belly Buster, the administrator of the No Fraud Online Poker Room. Anyway, Brandon, getting back to your question. Yes. About the Rockies. Um... You know, after Rockies 1 and 2, I, I think it kind of goes, well, almost in order. I, I liked Rocky 3 next. See, I liked 4 better than 3. Really? It was close. I admit it was close. Uh, but I liked Rocky 3 a little bit better than 4, but it was close. I, I did. I actually enjoyed both of those movies. I, I don't know if I would enjoy them as much today. Like, like uh, you know, I saw, for example, Rocky Four. I think it came out in 85, and I was 13 years old. So for, for a 13-year-old, that was a great movie. Uh, if I saw it again today, I probably wouldn't like it as much as I did as a 13-year-old. But uh, I saw Rocky Five, uh, not when it came out, but a few years later. I think I saw it in the early 90s. I think it came out in 1990. But that was a huge step down from all the other Rocky movies. It, awful. It was, it was awful. It was depressing. Um, I mean, it starts and the, off with Rocky. And the Rocky. continuity was awful. Like, the kid, remember, like, when he was watching his father fight in Russia, like, the kid was, like, 10 years old, and then, like, as soon as the fight's over, he's, like, 15, he's smoking, like, Marlboro Lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, fighting kids in Philadelphia. Do you remember? Like, there's no continuity. Yeah, there wasn't continuity. I hate, it was just... I hate more than anything where, like, you know, especially movies, like, in the 80s and 90s, where they, or early 90s, where they just insult your intelligence. Like you know, to you know what I mean? Like continuity. I'm very big on picking up continuity in movies, so that really turned me off, especially in Rocky Five. But that was just garbage. Yeah, it, it definitely was, and uh, it was just depressing right from the start. Where Rocky can't fight anymore, and he's kind of like a has been, and he's it's like just this one depressing scene after another in that movie, and not even like good depressing, like where it's uh, where, where it's really deep and really you know evokes thoughts about about life. And it, this is just a needlessly depressing Rocky movie. And there was just nothing good about it. So I actually liked this. Uh, the Rocky Balboa was also crappy, but uh, at least really? it was. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. But it, well, I, least... mean, I, I saw it. It's not that I liked it and walked out of there like, wow. But I, I think 
it still needed to be done because that franchise should not have gone out on the note of Rocky Five. Well, at least I, it provided absolute finality and closure. And uh, well, that's what I was gonna say is that yeah. uh, it was better than Rocky Five substantially. So I, I thought still liked uh, Rocky Three and Four much better than Rocky Balboa. However, much better than Rocky Five, which was by far the worst uh, in all of them. And then the other thing that struck me as odd, and then we could just move along here, was in Rocky Five. He, you know, remember he couldn't even talk; he had brain damage. Yeah, yeah, he, you yeah. know, he just couldn't say a word. But then in Rocky Six, it was like the brain damage was gone. <laughs> like, do you think, remember, like he was coherent; he wasn't stuttering and mumbling, and you know, I don't know. Just... I, I think they're just trying to uh, forget about that one. I think they they realized it was terrible, and they're just uh, kind of real trying fast. To... Rough. What was Hulk Hogan's name in Rocky Three? He did not go by Hulk Hogan. Oh, I don't remember anymore. Okay, can you tell me what Mr. T's name was? Yeah, that was Clubber Lang. Okay, but you don't know Hulk Hogan. I don't Hogan's remember name? Hulk Hogan for some reason. I remember Clubber Lang very well. Oh wow, wow, Shadow! They already got in the chat within seconds. Thunderlips. Oh, that's right. I think okay. So did Lee got it first? Yeah, <laughs> Shout for out some to reason that escapes me. <laughs> well, anyway, we have a great show tonight, huh? Yeah, well, we have uh, a number of things to talk about tonight, and we're going to introduce a new character. He's going to, in fact, he's listening right now. He will be on uh, pretty shortly. A new character that Brandon got to meet in person, and uh, uh, someone who actually he doesn't have anything to do with poker, but a lot of the stuff on this show doesn't. So it's not going to be anyone you're familiar with from the poker world. He doesn't even play poker, but he does live in Las Vegas, and he actually has a lot of interesting stories because he was. Associated with a lot of acts that you've heard of, he he was on stage with uh, Sam Kid- Sam Kinison all the time. He uh, uh, he was on the Howard Stern show, I believe, fifty seven times. He he was uh, he has a lot of interesting stories from back in the day. He told me a lot of them. I mean, I've heard them over the time I've known him, but he told me a whole lot of them because I spent a lot of hours with him uh, about two weeks ago. And uh, really interesting stuff. And when Brandon met him, he said, "We got to get this guy on radio," and I agreed. But uh, by the way, if someone was asking in the chat about uh, what year Rocky was. It was 1976, the original Rocky. Won an Oscar, too. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and I didn't see the original Rocky in the theater, because I was only four. But um, I did see other movies around that time in the theater that you wouldn't expect. Like, I saw King Kong in the theater in 1976. And uh, I saw Star Wars in the theater in 1977. The earliest movie that I remember seeing in the theater was E.T., I mean I, I mean, I saw movies earlier, obviously, that, you know, I guess when I was two or three, but that, what year did E.T. come out? I think it was 82. Okay, so I would have been, 75, I would have been seven years old. Seven, yeah. If it was 82. So that was the first movie I actually remember seeing. Yeah. I, I was surprised, like, thinking back, the King Kong, I, I was surprised my parents let me go see that. But I guess in the mid-70s, there was, like, there wasn't as much, like... People didn't think about that stuff as much back then. About like, is this too violent for kids to see? Like, like it was pretty obvious, like not to let your kids see sexual movies. Like, I I, I didn't see any movies that had like sex scenes in it, um, or or that be- being really the theme. But like like violent movies, I I didn't really hear about that back then. That parents didn't really let their kids see that sort of thing. So I I saw the uh, I, I saw that King Kong in '76, and I saw Star Wars in '77. I really liked Star Wars, uh, even as a five year old. You know. Just to tell you how much times have really changed, I remember, geez, I guess I want to say it was like 1990, maybe 91, but I think 90 is about right. When Pretty Woman came out, that caused such a controversy just because it was a movie about a prostitute and just, you know, all <laughs> the, you know, that it, it, and nowadays a movie like that, it would, you know, it would be like not even, 
you know, it wouldn't even make mainstream news. It would, no one would criticize it. The, you know, the critics wouldn't say that it's over the edge. But I remember when Pretty Woman came out, you know, there was a lot of debate about that. Uh, I don't know if you remember, or I don't know if you remember the debate about it and kind of the uproar it caused. Yeah, well, I remember. Yeah, I remember there was some controversy around it, and uh, and of course it did very very well, and pretty much made yeah. Julie, Julie Roberts' career really. Uh, she had been in some things by then, but really wasn't uh, a very well known actress until after. Pretty Woman. I actually just recently saw a Miami Vice episode where Julia Roberts was. Yes, I, I've seen that one too. She was like the drug lord's girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that one. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to give a little update, not related to anything in poker, but uh, still, it's important to me. This is going to be meaningless for anyone listening in the archives, but I'm. I kind of don't want to do this show tonight because this is a very important night for Dodger fans. And the Dodgers are attempting to do a miracle comeback, a miracle comeback, by catching the Cardinals for the, to tie for the second wildcard spot. I mean, they look dead in the water, but they've now won six games in a row. They've got two games left, and they're two games out for the wildcard, for the second wildcard. Who, who are they playing the next two games? They're playing the Giants. So the Giants are definitely not going to cut them any breaks. And uh, they beat so they the Giants. they basically need to do what the Cardinals did last year. I mean... It, on the short term, it's even harder. On the lo- on the long term of what the Cardinals did from late August on, it, it, that that was even more amazing than if the Dodgers catch them here. But the Dodgers really, they they were done, and now they're still probably done. But they've got a chance if they can win both tonight and tomorrow, and the Cardinals lose to Cincinnati, who's a very good team, both tonight and tomorrow. Then the Dodgers have a one game playoff against the Cardinals at Dodger Stadium. For the second wild card, so very exciting, and the Dodgers and, keep winning. Every finally they're hitting. They've won six in a row. They won last night with a walk off hit in the ninth, and uh, right now they're tied one one in the second with San Francisco. And St. Louis is losing the eighth three to one. So if the Dodgers can win and Cincinnati holds on, it'll be separated by one game with one to play. Speaking of baseball, what are we about to see? In all likelihood, that hasn't been accomplished in over forty years. Huh. I don't know. We have a baseball player right now who, if the season ended today, would would oh win the, the triple, triple crown. crown. Oh, sorry, yes. of course, yeah, the Cabrera with the triple crown. I don't know how. Yes, it's and, he's, and he has chosen to keep playing. Yeah, they offered to let him sit out. They already have made the playoffs, and he's going to keep playing. That's right. He's That's one right. ahead of he de- he has a batting average all about locked up. He went four for five yesterday. Uh, has the RBIs? No way he's going to get caught unless someone just has an insane game. And he's one ahead in home runs. So we'll see. Yeah, pretty but. amazing. So uh, um, I kind of wish I could watch last night. I was very excited watching the Dodgers uh, stay alive last night in the ninth, and uh, we will see. But uh, I guess by the time the archives, the people hear this, they'll know if the Dodgers are going to be alive tomorrow or if uh, it's all over. If either the Cardinals win or the Dodgers lose today, it's over. Same with tomorrow. So, okay, um, here's our schedule for tonight. Uh, we are going to introduce our new character, Dave, and... Uh, I think you guys will like him, and uh, I told him to think of some good stories. He has a lot of them. I mean, a whole lot of them from uh, from his past to to let us know about. And uh, we'll introduce everybody to him. Uh, Ken Scaler said he will call later. Ken actually got to – he actually spent some time with me and my son on Sunday. Not calling in about that, but uh, that's just a side note. Um, Here's some other things we have that are more related to poker. Howard Lederer has incurred the wrath of Diamond Flesh Poker. You know, that poker news site, the unbiased poker news site, the kind of the continuation of uh, Subject Poker. 
he has incurred the wrath of Diamond Flush, the woman who runs Diamond Flush Poker. And she is now writing a series of articles that are going to make him look bad. Allegedly. Or supposedly. So we'll see. We've seen part one already. We'll see as that goes on whether it will expose things that Howard does not want exposed. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, Brandon Cantu is very unhappy. He finished second at the World Series of Poker Europe for a bracelet to a guy who just keeps ending up in the news in poker, Jonathan Aguiar. And uh, we'll talk about the controversial situation that occurred there and Brandon Cantu feels he was cheated out of a bracelet and that the World Series is conspiring against him. And I've got. A- we actually even have the World Series' official statement on the matter, don't we? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, Seth Polanski, the uh, communications director of the World Series, actually responded to him. And I, 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 don't, I hate to do this out of order, but I've got to let you guys hear this. It's, it's really groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> you know, Asian Spa loves that. That's like his biggest thrill each week of, of listening to the show. <laughs> that really is Seth Polanski, though. I'm not kidding, guys. That's, this is really Seth Polanski commenting. Yeah. And also, Jeff, we're going to be adding a, a third host this evening. Oh, y- y- yes, yes. We have a third host. I don't know why I haven't added him yet. I just, um... I just texted him and told him you forgot. <laughs> I mean, which is which is probably the truth. It is the truth. Um, yeah, we have a third host tonight because we 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 don't have three hosts on the show anymore. And now we're we're trying various third hosts. This this guy is kind of a uh, a third host emeritus. Three hosts on the show anymore. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Amateur hour. Sorry, amateur hour. Okay, my well, bad. amateur hour on my part. For some reason, I. Uh, uh, I was all for having you as the third host, and then I introduced Brandon, and I was just about to say, and we have a third host tonight, and then he says, so what Rocky movie do you like best? And I think, oh, then the free roll coming up, and i got to talk about Rocky, and I totally forgot we had a guest third host. But uh, um, Brandon reminded me, I'm very happy to have this guest third host, who uh, is one of the people running a site that's kind of like a, a sister site to PokerFraudAlert.com. This is uh, Johnny Sepp, Sepp, who uh, is going to sit in as the third host on this show and, and maybe some future shows. That you, I said you're kind of like the host emeritus in that uh, um, you haven't like officially been named a third host or anything, but that you've volunteered to join in when we need you. Is that kind of accurate? You know, that brings up a good question. I never really understood this. Every time you know they were going to do this for Joe Paterno, they did this for Bobby Bowden when they retired from football, they named them coach emeritus. What does that mean? It's it's kind Head of like coach emeritus. What the hell is that? It's it's kind of like someone who they're they're quickly putting in place, but that isn't intended necessarily to take the position in the long term. Uh, it's it's actually common to have uh, um, at temples rabbi emeritus that if something happens with a main rabbi, that this rabbi steps in and is the rabbi for the congregation for a while until they go and hire another rabbi. O- often the rabbi emeritus is a someone who's quite old that wouldn't want to have that job. Uh, Hmm. Permanently, so so Johnny Sepp here is kind of our our host emeritus, and uh, we, we're considering all people, including Johnny Sepp, if he wants the position for the third host. There's uh, I, I don't even have any specific people in mind uh, that that I want to take Val's place. So I have a very open mind and just you know let people come on the show here and try to be the third host, and uh, you know whoever gets the best response, I think, and, and wants the job, of course. Uh, we, we would like a third what kind of do I have like uh, I don't I haven't looked at my contract lately Jeff no no pun intended but do I have any administrative control over our third host yeah well of course yeah you have a uh, um, equal say here as wow. to me as, as far as who we choose yeah this is your show too yes and uh oh 
Uh oh, it says on Skype there's a problem with this call. Hold on while we try to get the call back. Oh, right, now it's gone. Brandon, are you still there? I'm still here. Did you ever disappear? No, I've been oh. here the whole time. Skype, I was here Skype for the whole me. host emeritus uh, thing. What about what about you, Johnny Sepp? Are you here? Uh oh. I mean it says he's on. Hmm. Weird. Yes. What a fail. Well, he'll call back, or I guess we can call him back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to call him back here. Okay. This this one is not my fault. Skype just... I, th I think I think he was actually on his end. I hate to blame our third host, Emeritus, but uh, I think it's on his end. Uh, Johnny, are you, <laughs> you back? You think that's on my end there, Todd? It, it looked like it from my experience with Skype uh, and, and with other people, and I, I take credit when I caused the fail on my own site, but uh, to me it looked like that you had lost connection to Skype in some way. Is that true? Uh, it's possible. I don't know. I wasn't looking at it. Um, I just heard the fail. And, and the fact uh, that the fact that I still had Brandon kind of it kind of makes me look innocent in this whole thing. Because if I if I screwed up, I think we'd lose everybody. But okay. Um, and so let's uh, let me go on with the uh, now that we have our third host with us. And thank you, Johnny, for joining us. And and by the way, feel feel free. See, it's saying this again, Johnny. Are you still here? Oh. Yeah. See, I think he has problems on his end. I I really don't think it's my end. Because it's, it shows he goes offline and online. I'm still here, guys. <laughs> I'm talking behind his back, and he's still here. I, I don't know. I'm just, just going to ignore Skype here. I'm just going to pretend everything's fine, no matter what it tells me. Uh, so here's some other things we're going to talk about. Um, so Brandon Cantu, as I was already saying before, he thinks he was cheated out of a bracelet at the World Series of Poker Europe. And uh, we'll talk about that situation, who I think is right and wrong, and if I really think there's a conspiracy against Brandon Cantu at the World Series of Poker. And I'll get my other host's opinion on that as well. Okay. Blackjack Poker, a merge skin, is now facing a potential $25,000 per player fine for poaching on the merge network. Now, poaching means going to other skins on the merge network or going to players who play on other skins on the merge network and saying, hey, quit that skin and come over here. I'll give you secret extra rake back if you do. That's called poaching. It's been a big problem on merge and um, Black Chick Poker was allegedly the site that was most guilty of doing the poaching. And finally, merge has clamped down. We'll talk a little bit about that. Isn't it also like if you shine a light in a deer in eyes and shoot it? Isn't that poaching too? I know there's like some hunting. Well, poaching. No, the, the poaching is is, is uh, hunting animals that uh, are not allowed to be hunted, like like uh, like there's okay. like hunting uh, elephants for tusks, which is not allowed anymore. Right, or like man manatee hunting, for instance. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. So, so that so there's this is a merge black chip black black chip poker, not black chick poker. I think I may have said that, but <laughs> black chip poker. You know, maybe black chick poker should start out. I think that'd be successful, but uh, they they also took away uh, a lot of deals. Uh, they, they took away, by the way, all the extra rake back that people were was get were getting under the table. We'll talk about that too, and the allegations against them of doing it in a shady way. Uh, Gus Hansen is now going to be the face of Full Tilt Poker. Full Tilt plans to reopen under PokerStars ownership on November sixth. Gus Hansen is planned to be the face of it. Obviously, they don't want Howard Lederer as one of the faces anymore. Uh, so we will talk about that. Uh, I hate bringing this guy up because I really don't like him and I don't think he deserves airtime, but it's hard not to. Matt Marifiotti, Adzizzi, ADZ, whatever you want to call him, posted a weird picture of himself with black eyes 
with his shirt off. <laughs> and then said, I wish I actually had cancer so I could do the world a service and die already. Hashtag IMO. This is from his Twitter. So, uh, I, this guy is the ultimate poker attention whore. I can't think of anybody in poker ever who's wanted attention more than this kid. And I, I know he's very young, but boy, this guy's got problems. So, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And by the way, uh, Muck Fike in the chat, he's wondering if, uh, Teddy the Iceman Monroe plays on Black Chick Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I think he runs Black Chick Poker, actually. Um, Cindy Violet is attempting to start a vegan fast food place in Las Vegas on uh, Flamingo Road in Decatur, for those of you who are familiar with Las Vegas. Actually, easier point of reference, right, uh, maybe a quarter of a mile from the Palms. Right, right, right. Very close to the Palms. So, um, she wants to start this up. What's the problem? She needs donations as low as $20 (laughs) to get it started. She has a website that's asking for money to get this thing started. Very strange. And I, I, I hate to even do a segment like this because I like Cindy Violet and she's always been, always been very nice to me whenever I've seen her. Uh, but th- this is kind of a funny website. And Maybe I, those mix games haven't been really that kind the last I, year I or guess. so. Huh? I mean, uh, uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, let's see. There's there's one other thing. Is there one other thing? Would you mention uh, Ken, Colin Ken Scaler's rip-off artist girl. Yeah, we'll, tr- we'll try to get a hold of this uh, girl again. Uh, speaking of black chick poker, the uh, the black chick who ripped off Ken Scaler, or at least was uh, complicit in it, at dinner when she had two friends show up and drink $400 worth of alcohol and then skip out on the bill, pretend to go to the bathroom and run out. We called her a few weeks ago and it was a really funny prank call. We're... Uh, Colonel Fabersham called her at first. Was it Colonel? No, it was Alvin Finkelstein called her, and then I just dropped the character and talked as myself. But it was funny, and uh, we'll call her back, and uh, not not really for any reason, but just to uh, see how she reacts again. Because I really believe she's got some guilt in this. That's why I don't feel bad about. Uh, I mean, let me ask you something, Druff. How much money would you donate? We'll talk more about the Cindy Violet vegan thing uh, later. But how much <laughs> money would you donate? So you had. If you were given a dandruff table at the Cindy Violet restaurant that only you could eat at, and you would always eat free. <laughs> okay, you never never would have to pay a bill, and you'd have your own table that no one else could sit at, but it's vegan food. Huh. You know, I'll Which, be honest, I, I don't even know that well. I, I know what vegan is, but I don't know what is vegan food. It's not like food. with tofu and stuff. It's not, yeah, you I'm, know, try, I'm trying I, to think it, it'd be anything I'd like. Like... I mean, no meat, no dairy. Hello? Anyone home? I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Hello? Go on, keep, keep talking. I can't hear anybody. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. What the hell's going on? My, my, my microphone fell. I was trying to cover it up and let you keep talking. Oh, okay. So, well, so, so question, yeah, you said I, no meat, no dairy. Yeah, I know that. I just... I'm trying to think of what it would be, not what it wouldn't be. I know what it wouldn't be. I'm trying to think, like, what... Would well, like, it's food. like, you know, like, uh, lasagna, you know, instead of, like, sausage or, I mean, some of it's, like, decent food, but, like, like, the pasta, like, they have, like, uh, like, like, squash pasta, um, I mean, a lot of it, you just, you wouldn't, I don't think you'd like. Yeah, yeah, like, 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 lasagna, like, for example. Like, basically like, is, like, tofu. Yeah, like, I like lasagna, but, like, I know I couldn't have meat lasagna or cheese lasagna. Right, well, because it's not—it's not real cheese and it's not real meat. Yeah, so that'd be pretty bad. 
Yeah, and it's not really real pasta. So the her point is, <laughs> actually looks really good though. Have you guys seen our menu for a restaurant? No, no. Let me see. Can I? Is there a menu here? Let me see. Yeah. Here. If you go on our website, um, oh, I said click menu. here to see really the vision good. for Violet's I mean, Vegan. Okay, let me see here. The... Oh, there's a menu coming up. And you are right about one thing. I've played with Cindy many times, even as recently as I don't know about a year ago, uh, when I was still playing a lot of mixed games at the Aria. She's one of the friendliest, nicest people in poker. Yes, she's a very nice woman. But uh, the long, yeah, I didn't see this before. Uh, if you guys want to see it, since we're already talking about it, what the hell? Uh, Violetsvegan.com. That's V-I-O-L-E-T-T-E-S vegan.com. And if you go to the homepage, which is just at that URL I gave you. Uh, you will see the whole plea for money. And that's that's what I find to be the strangest thing. Because uh, it's like an open solicitation for people to donate to the restaurant. So it says, this has been my dream and vision for the past 20 years. I'm very passionate about getting good and healthy food and the benefits of a vegan lifestyle to the Las Vegas community and beyond. Right now I have a perfect location secured. The building is a standalone with a drive-up window on Flamingo Road in Decatur. I could not have found a better spot and it's just down the street from the Rio. Which is true. So... So far, most of the kitchen equipment is already purchased. I've assembled a talented team that is very excited and ready to go. We've created an awesome menu, and we're bursting with anticipation. So this all sounds good. Like, you just hear that. You say, all right, great. You know, I'll give it a try. We've gotten this far, but we're not there yet. At this point, however, I have surpassed the time frame which the landlord finds reasonable for opening the restaurant. The pressure is on to meet a deadline, and we have to open ASAP. It would be sad if we fell short now. I know that great things happen when people join together, and I'm asking my friends to be part of making Violet's Vegan a reality. If each of my friends was willing to contribute $20, $50, $100, or whatever makes you comfortable, it would be greatly appreciated, and we'd all be able to open in no time at all. It would mean so much to me to get my doors open and to open to make this healthy fast food available to everyone. Please help support my lifelong dream. You can help me make this happen on PayPal. In return for your generosity, I you mean, will... how much rent? And I know that area. How much rent could it cost for a standalone restaurant? I, I don't know. It's it, it, like I think the expensive part is like all the kitchen equipment. I think that's that's where a lot of the expensive stuff comes in with starting up a restaurant. Uh, right. I mean, like, what if you need like another eight hundred? Why would the landlord care if the restaurant's in business? I, he just wants to get his rent. Right. I don't understand that either. Yeah. I think she's trying to say she needs the money from like the restaurant brings in, but that's it, it is hard to believe. Like. Why not, if it takes another month or two, is that going to kill her paying a month or two rent? I mean, I, I, of course the landlord doesn't care whether it's operating or not as long as he gets the money. And, you know, that's that's a great point. So um, this is what you get if you donate. A Violet's Vegan VIP 20% discount card, good for discounts on future delicious healthy meals for the first year. So they get it for one year, but... Uh, uh, a Peace Love Poker Tank Top, which, as you've seen Cindy, she always seems to be wearing a Peace Love Poker Tank Top. So how does, how would that really help a guy? I haven't seen any men wearing the Peace Love Poker Tank Top. They're usually, like, pink and kind of very feminine. Maybe, uh... I don't know. Your name will be on We Opened Vi- Violet's Vegan Together Framed Poster in the Restaurant. And then an invitation to the grand opening party. So, and then if you click at the bottom you can see this menu that Jacob was referring to. And it's more than a menu. It's like this long thing about uh, the introduction, our mission, our vision, the restaurant. I'm not going to read all this, but uh, um, they apparently have a head chef, a business coach, and an urban eats consulting group, whatever that is. So, but do you understand my point? Like, How much can the rent be? 800 1000 yes, I, I totally understand. I, I don't get yeah. it. 
and there's it, and there's yeah. pictures here. Um, there's actually pictures. You know, it says before renovation, but they have pictures of all the kitchen equipment. So it looks like it looks like she bought. I don't know what was there before. I, I'm sure I would remember if someone. T- oh, I see. It's the something Greek American Grill. I see it. I never went there. It's funny. I. I, I I would have thought I would have gone there because I'm in that area all the time. But uh, um, the Greek American Grill used to be there, and she has pictures of all the kitchen equipment and all the stuff that used to be there. So I guess she kind of inherited all that stuff by uh, taking over. But yeah, it, it's very odd that she would need this little money. It's, it's <laughs> like if they really almost there, like how much money do you need to pay the rent and and just get things started? And what? a small little standalone restaurant. It's where where not, you have yeah. the kitchen equipment, it's all there. Like it's, it's like re- ready to go. You just need rent and like I don't get it. Like it's, I think uh, I think next month me and Brandon are doing sixty-five hours of radio to s- oh, get the vegan delight. <laughs> yeah, that should be the next uh, the next podcast. That's right. The, that's right. You, you know, you sixty-three just... for v- we'll call it sixty-three for Cindy. That's what we'll do. <laughs> you Jesus. know, you should you should. You should, guys should do this every like two months. You should come up with a new cause that you have uh, an even longer podcast for, and uh, and you know, so this time it would be the Violet's Vegan uh, podcast. You know, the thing is, I really thought about doing something like that again until my fellow uh, VPR co-host Jason informed me that medically it's been proven apparently that when you stay up that long, your body suffers permanent damage Uh-oh. in some capacity. I mean, I didn't see the proof. I'm just telling you what somebody emailed me. The it wasn't. It was one of the doctors from 22Q, though. No, <laughs> no it wasn't. It was a random user on our website. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it's funny, Jeff. You remember our dream, which just seems like an eternity ago, of just doing 24 hours. We yeah. thought that was going to be the biggest deal, and then I end up doing that myself, and then we go for another 50 plus, and I don't even know. I mean, how do you even how do you even impress anyone anymore? Like how would you have to? What would you have to go to? Like like ninety six? Like, like where would you even get anyone even excited? Yeah, yeah. It'd you know what very I'm saying? Tough. After you go that long, it's I don't know. Well, they should be but, glad that uh, Phil Locke isn't doing radio. Otherwise, he would do a one of those yeah. marathons like one hundred twenty hours. You never catch him there. But uh, yeah, so I I don't we don't quite understand what's going on with Cindy Violet here. I will say that uh, Cindy Violet uh, always been very very nice when I played with her. Always friendly. Just a uh, Comes off as just a very nice woman. I, I've heard nothing but good things about her. I've never heard of any anything shady, any kind of scandals with her. And uh, and she also looks very good for her age. People sometimes can't believe that she's uh, like 53 years old now. I think that's what she is. 53, 54. She's she's in her 50s, and she didn't just turn 50. So uh, she she's also kept herself very well. And uh, she was actually at my final table when I, I when I won a World Series event uh, seven years ago, and uh, she finished seventh. And uh, you know, as I said. Very nice woman. I just don't understand what's happening there. I, I don't understand uh, why they need such small amounts of money. Especially Cindy. You think that she has enough connections after she's been in the poker world for like twenty or more years, and you think she would have enough connections to get that little money to get it started? Yeah, it's just so weird to start up a website asking for that. If she's like a nobody in the poker world, I'd understand it more. You think she'd just be like Todd Brunson, just give me a yellow chip. Yeah. <laughs> like a good yeah. vegan shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Todd Brunson, very... you know, when you come in, I'll give you some free food. You know, can you give me a few yellow chips? Okay, thank you. You know, we'll put yeah. up uh, put up a thank you Todd Brunson plaque in the in the restaurant. Like, she really should do is send a message to Crazy Mike and see if he's got his cholesterol tested lately. See if she can get him <laughs> into vegan and then he'll just shoot off in that place. That's true. But, uh, Anyhow, if anyone's interested, again, and we do not here at uh, PFA endorse 
uh, or any otherwise uh, with this venture but if anyone is interested there's a website go on there yeah violetsvegan.com you know if we, since since we spent some time making jokes about it uh, if you, if you really do want to be part of this and help or start it uh, that's the yeah. address and uh, i i have nothing against you if you do did you I, read what did you read what the benefits were just so we can yes, finish yes yes like the 20% discount card the peace love poker tank top the uh, the having your name on a violets vegan together we open violets vegan together poster in the restaurant and you get to go to the grand opening party I wonder if you're also going to invite it to the all small or what is it? Seventy-five percent of all small businesses fail within the first six months. Party. <laughs> oh man. It's, yeah, it's, a it's shame. true though. You know, restaurants are very, very hard to make succeed. They they really they fail even more than that. It's just very hard to start a successful restaurant, and uh, I, I wouldn't advise it if uh, you want a investment opportunity that isn't uh, that has a good chance of working out. So, all right, let, let's let's move on here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call up our uh, special guest here, our new character. It's 8.05. I told him I'd call him at 8. I don't quite understand this. He, he doesn't usually go to sleep early either, but uh, for some reason he wanted an early call, and since he <laughs> is our guest, I will honor that. Um, they have a call in here, but I, I, I can't take that right now because I, I want to call our guest... So, uh, uh, Jason, what's what's going on with you? Is uh, what's going on with you and uh, and VegasPokerRadio.com? What uh, can you give, give a few plugs here if you want? While I get this done. Yeah, um, we're actually doing a lot of work on the site right now. We're moving to another new server, but it'll be seamless. That should be done tomorrow. Uh, I've been working on it all week. We get we hired a guy who's doing some forum work for us. Uh, we've got Mark's show is doing very well. The Zone Blitz is on Mondays, I think, at six p.m. Eastern. Anybody want to check that out? And last week we debuted season four of Filthy Olympic Radio, uh, heading in a new direction, kind of away from poker. We advised anybody at the beginning of the show, if they want to hear all the poker stuff, they should listen to this show instead. And we're going to talk about uh, all, all kinds of other lifestyle stuff, chicks, uh, gambling, all that good stuff. So, so uh, well, I, I don't understand. What are these? There. I never understood your seasons. How does a season work on Vegas <clears throat> Poker Radio? Well, we do 10 episodes, and then we take three weeks off. Okay. <clears throat> and what I like to do is I like to go back to the previous season and edit the audio, get new intros, um, kind of work on the things that we didn't, uh, we didn't, we haven't perfected. And I started doing that just as a, a reason to take three weeks off when we first started, and it just kind of stuck. And now it's just how we do it. I don't know. I don't know why. There's really no rhyme or reason for it. In actuality, we've been going for more than a year. We've 60 podcasts we've done. So you can call it episode 60 or you can call it season four, episode one. doesn't really matter to All me. Right. And I have my own uh, T-shirts on sale over Hello? there, Druff. Hey, yeah, so, Dave. So, hey. This is Dave, are- and uh, this is our, our new character on Poker Fraud Alert Radio. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for a little while. And um, wanted to introduce him to our radio audience here. And uh, welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Todd. You know, I've uh, in the short time I've known you, I've uh, grown to become a huge admirer, and I am more than happy to share some of the adventures of my 25 years in show business with uh, you and your listeners. Dave, uh, that's what's, what's up, buddy? I met you at the Cosmo. Hey, man, how are you? You said I was like the sexiest man in poker, if I recall. <laughs> <laughs> I try. How you are you? What? 
I actually I succeed. I'm, I'm doing good. It's a, it's a great uh, Tuesday evening here in Las Vegas, and uh, I, I, I just I, I feel so happy. I had breakfast this morning with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley uh, from the band Kiss as they unveiled their new slot machine at the Nevada Gaming Expo, and to just you know. Uh, bask in the glow of reflected glory and say, hey, I had breakfast with two of the most influential musicians in the history of rock. It's just pretty awesome. Now, now what happens with the uh, the Gene Simmons slot machine? Does like a, a big tongue come out and lick you when you get a jackpot? It, you, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because instead of, you know, on traditional slot machines, you know how like 777 or like three cherries, uh, it's three tongues and you win. <laughs> you know what's That's funny? What was uh, maybe either one of you three can tell me, or if not, the chat can. I know Gene Simmons. He had some reality show for uh, quite a few years. Uh, he, he, on... Yeah, Gene Simmons Family Jewels. Yeah, in, in fact, one of uh, a former poster from that she doesn't post anymore uh, was actually a uh, producer on that show. I'm sure Druff. Do you know who I'm? Yeah, I probably do. do. Yes, you can go ahead and say it doesn't matter. Uh, it was it Nicole. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, old school Nicola's Nice was actually a producer on that show for about, actually, the whole duration. I think it ran maybe three years, maybe, maybe longer. I don't know. I, I actually, it's still running. It got renewed. Oh, did it? Okay. Maybe yeah, they're bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what's okay. too bad here? I, I'll, I'll tell the uh, the listeners this. Uh, Dave here and I were going to do a radio show together, a, a terrestrial radio show, not an internet show like this, uh, on a station in California. Uh, that that's kind of along the drive from L.A. to to Vegas, and and the uh, the sponsor was actually going to be Gene Simmons' uh, Kiss Monster Mini Golf, and we were actually going to give away on the show a five thousand dollar value rock and roll fantasy camp with Gene Simmons and and uh, who, who else is going to be? Which that was just one last week at the finals. Yeah, yeah. So we were going to give that away on the show. And we were going to have this show, and I was even going to announce it on my website for anyone who wanted to listen. And then it fell through, uh, not because of me, not even because Dave, but just the, the, the station owner just w- was a psycho, and he, and he just kind of flipped out, like he, uh, uh, because he didn't the get... The Arthur Carlson of radio yeah. by Lundgren. Yeah, it really was like a station you know, owner. kind of WKRP. Yeah, it really was like that. The guy just uh, flipped out because he didn't get a, a signed contract back within one day. And and he just yeah, it wasn't even one day, was it, Todd? Yeah, it wasn't it even was, one day. It was the like guy, less than twenty-four hours. Yeah, the guy just went absolutely nuts, and and uh, um, he was actually mad at Dave. He wanted not, to triple the fee. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and it was a guarantee. It was a guarantee. It was it was just crazy, Todd. Yeah, it, it was. The guy went nuts. So we we the whole thing fell through, and um, I, I was actually for for once I actually wasn't the one like uh, fighting back and forth. I was actually trying to smooth it over, but the guy just was unreasonable and and couldn't be reasoned with, and we had to. Uh, Abandon it, but but he was going to be my on-air partner on that show, uh, Dave. Here, uh, just like and Brandon. here we are on air, on the air tonight. Yeah, just like awesome. yeah, just like Brandon is my my partner over here, and, and we, you know we have us all together here now. So so Dave, uh, why don't you give us a, a little uh, biography of yourself of you know h- how you got into show business in the first place, and and what really was your big break, and where people might re- remember you from? Okay, um, yeah, um, I was 15 years old in a suburb of Detroit, Michigan, and cable television, this was in the early 80s, had just come in. And I was flipping through channels. You know, I mean, it was a whole new world when cable television first broke. And 
our cable provider had a public access channel, and I said, you know, here I was, a sort of outcast in high school. I wanted to be on television. Uh, so I called the um, public access coordinator at the station, Barbara Johnson Lowe, at Continental Cablevision, which is now Cox Cable and, you know, Time Warner. They all consolidated. And I, I was a big fan of uh, Cisco and Ebert, the movie reviewers. And I said, I want to do a movie review show uh, for teenagers, because at, at at that point, you know, to go to the movies, you know, when you're just on an allowance, costs a lot of money. I, I want to review movies from a teenage standpoint. Now, how, how old were you well, at that point? I was 15. Okay. And the show went through the roof. The Detroit News, the Detroit Free Press picked up on it, so they moved it from the public access channel to their main channel, which was part of the subscription uh, package, and it evolved in sort of a, uh, an entertainment tonight for teenagers, and if you go to my Facebook page, it's just D-A-V-E dot L-E-R-M-A-N at Facebook.com, you can see some of my early clips. Um, rap music was just evolving, you know, bands like Run DMC, the Fat Boys, um, hair bands like Poison, Motley Crue. This was a really exciting time. So being this sort of gateway uh, for publicists to get their clients on television and expose them to this very desirable demographic, um, the show just skyrocketed. Uh, it was later picked up by the USA Network, um, which was nationally syndicated. So, so wait a minute, so you were on, uh, you, I, you were, you were on the USA Network with this... Uh... Teenage Review of Movie Coming Show? Attractions. It was called Coming Attractions. Yeah, and for a whole season, you know, and a season back then was 23 episodes. Ah, see, see Jay said that season's 23 point, episodes, not 10. What's that? And never mind. Go on, go on. <laughs> um, at one point, I actually had Madonna's brother, Martin Ciccone, as my co-host on the USA Network. And, and at that point, you know, the Hollywood trades like Variety and the Hollywood Reporter picked up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. Okay, no. Um, so it, it just exploded. So then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, and I got um, a full scholarship to go to USC. And I came out to Los Angeles. I had abandoned my TV show. And one of my sidelines was as a stand-up comic. And in Detroit at that point, you know, I would go to this club called the Comedy Castle um, and would, you know, follow guys like Tim Allen, Bob Saget, Dave Collier. It was a very exciting time in comedy. So when I came out to Los Angeles, one of the first things I did, um, oh, I forgot to mention, one of the people I took along with me was my best friend from high school, uh, the late Doug Beatty, a guy in a wheelchair who had muscular dystrophy, um, and we were best friends. We met in junior high, so the two of us came out to USC. He actually um, came out with me, and we would go to the comedy store every Monday night. It was open mic night, and do just insane comedy, things like, uh, you know, 
uh, he would dress like a devil worshiper, and I would say, how in the world can you worship the devil with 666 on your forehead and, and, and not love God? And he'd look at me and go, hey, if you came out looking like this, wouldn't you side with the other guy? I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah. incredibly so, bizarre, yeah. sort of Andy Kaufman-esque comedy. So, so, so to, to we, give the listeners a, uh, an idea of what's, what uh, is going on here, Doug Beatty, as he said, he, he's really, really short. He's like like two and a half feet tall. He had muscular dystrophy. He was in a wheelchair. And instead of being like a pitiable character that, that uh, you see the guy and say, oh, it's really too bad. I feel sorry for him. He was foul-mouthed. He was brusque. He was brash. Like He was totally what you wouldn't expect uh, a two and a half foot guy in a wheelchair to be like. And that, that was kind of the right, gimmick. He broke where, all the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so, like, here he comes up there, and and he's just like obnoxious and loud and uh, and, and nasty. And then uh, Dave, I guess you were kind of you were both his assistant and kind of like the straight man here. The straight man, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that that was the comedy act, and and so you guys, uh, you eventually, uh, how did you get involved with Sam Kinison? Because I know you toured with him. Yeah, um, that was as you asked me. You know, what were your big breaks? That was our first big break. We had come out to Vegas. Um, and we were fans of Jerry Lewis. Um, so we had called the muscular dystrophy office, and, and uh, Jerry Lewis and Sammy Davis were headlining at Bally's. So we had called, and, and I, on behalf of Doug, said, hey, we'd love to see the show. Can you put us on a list? So we get to Bally's. We go up to the box office, and they're like, that will be $250. All they did was put us on a list to buy tickets, not compass, which yeah, was, yeah. was what we were expecting. Then the theater of Dallas, and both of you are so familiar with Vegas, so you know this, um, at that point in 1987 was not handicapped accessible, so our seats were in the very back row right next to the kitchen. And we just had an awful night. Um, we kind of forced our way backstage and met Jerry. Um, and he was a real big a-hole. So on the plane ride back, there was an airline uh, called People's Express, and that was the plane we took. And I actually wrote on a cocktail napkin this comedy bit that we came up with about a guy with muscular dystrophy that hated Jerry Lewis. So that next Monday night, instead of doing this other comedy, I went up there and I go, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring up an inspiration. He's the poster child for muscular dystrophy. He should be in your thoughts and your prayers because he's an inspiration to millions. Please welcome Doug Beatty. And then he comes up, and I'm in a tuxedo, and I put the microphone in front of him, and I go, what do you think of Jerry Lewis? And uh, it's okay to curse, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what you want. Okay. So he, and, and you can see this if you just Google Doug Beatty. Um, he goes, fuck him. That son of a bitch has been doing this telethon for 30 years. I haven't seen Dime One. And I recoil in shock. And I'm like, what? You can't say that about Jerry Lewis. And he's like, why not? He hasn't done a goddamn thing for me. How about getting my dick sucked? How about buying some liquor? How about some good drugs? And the audience is just rolling. And at that point, um, and it was a pivotal moment in my life, because at that point, as much as the audience was laughing and applauding, they keep looking at the back of the room. And at that point, me and Doug were, were thrilled that this thing is going over so great. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So, in fact, uh, here, for those of you who saw the Howard Stern New Year's Rotten Eve 1994 uh, thing that he did, where pay-per-view. people, it was a pay per view where you pay like 40 bucks and see a special for Howard Stern on New Year's Eve. Uh, very uh, well known at the time. Uh, this, this was. Doug was actually one of the celebrity judges for this pageant, and and Dave here yeah, was standing Mark, right behind Mark him. Yeah, and John Wayne Bobbitt. Yeah, yeah, and if you uh, if you uh, go on YouTube and look up Howard Stern New Year's Rotten Eve, you'll see this. This is Doug's segment uh, right at the beginning. Forward to it. We're yeah, going yeah, to yeah, do yeah, the Jerry Seinfeld Memorial Tribute song. We're gonna fuck with Jerry's head tonight, <laughs> baby. Okay, here it comes. Robin, who do we have next here? America may recognize our next judge from his appearances on the Jerry Lewis Telethon. Please welcome Doug Beatty. The beautiful Doug Beatty. How you doing? Doug, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How was it working with Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis can kiss my crippled ass, Howard. <laughs> Fuck him, that asshole. He's been doing this goddamn telethon now for like 30 fucking years. I haven't seen dime one. Nothing. It's an angry man, Robin. Who do we have here, Robin? Okay, so uh, that was uh, that was Doug Beatty. So, so Dave was basically his his comedy partner, his straight man, his assistant, right. and uh, and so you, so you appeared uh, with, with Sam, I guess, uh, on tour. How many times? Wow, we uh, we did a sixty city tour um, in nineteen ninety. I, I would have to say at least three hundred times. I mean, the benchmarks were, of course, playing Vegas, playing Madison Square Gardens, playing Atlantic City. But, yeah, and, and, and the bit just evolved to the point, you know, to kind of fast forward, um, where Doug was on the cover of the National Enquirer because we actually went to a muscular dystrophy fundraiser and Jerry Lewis attacked Doug in his wheelchair. So, so he really did attack so, Doug. Jerry Lewis, the, the guy behind the muscular, muscular dystrophy telethons, actually really attacked uh, Doug Beatty? Yeah, it, 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 it was insane, Todd. Um, now, again, I in retrospect, can absolutely say, we set this up, we staged it, we called the National Enquirer, and we knew Jerry was upset with us, so we basically goaded him into a confrontation, but never in my wildest dreams did I expect this cinematic icon to grab Doug by the shirt and shake him. Uh, He was drunk at the time, uh, and boom, in two weeks, it was the headline on the National Enquirer, Jerry Lewis attacked me in my wheelchair. Uh, and then to fast forward, then Sam passed away, uh, and Howard Stern, as, as you just played, adopted us and really, really took us to that other level of, of comedy, putting us on the pay-per-view. We did a stunt on the E-Show. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go on. Go on. Oh, we did a stunt on the E-Show uh, where we put Tug in a steamer trunk in the middle of Manhattan, and on hidden camera, Alan Fun style does like, hey, hey, let me out, let me out. My mom put me in here. She was too cheap to buy airline tickets, and nobody would help him. So we just we we kept evolving, uh, and then unfortunately in 1996 he passed away, and I had to reinvent myself. Uh, and it, it, as Todd put it so eloquently. Um, I became uh, the legendary talk show character actor. So after Doug passed away, I've been on uh, 20 game shows, 
nine TV court shows and 15 talk shows. And, like and that's what's the most astounding to me. Let me tell you, from, from having Dave as a friend here on, on uh, both in real life and on Facebook, uh, the, the two most astounding things I've seen with him are, number one, he has pictures with every... 80 celebrity you can think of. There's pictures with him, usually with Doug too, uh, and and one of these celebrities. I mean, he he really knew everyone in, in those days. But right. but the 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 more interesting and amazing thing to me was I always knew that reality TV and all these TV talk shows had some element of phoniness to them. I knew there's a lot of things that are staged and exaggerated, but I never knew how much to what extent until. I got to know Dave. I mean, he has been. You heard him say he was in twenty game shows and uh, how many uh, TV talk shows? Things like Tyra uh, and stuff 15. like that. Yeah, he's been on over and over and over with all these BS stories that that he basically just makes up. And not only don't they verify, they, they're kind of like uh, complicit. Like they, they they don't ask you to make something up, but but they kind of it's I, a I, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah, right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like we we know your story is probably not totally real, but as long as you you make good TV, we're we're gonna do it anyway. So I mean, every so many of these shows he's appeared on. And had some kind of story about his ex-girlfriend doing something to him, or some something bad that happened in his relationship. Always or some Madonna kind of... sent me for a diet and sent me for an enema. Yeah, That's yeah, another great one. Yeah, or the... stop dating your daddy, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, the one of the most recent ones. He's if you type in "stop dating your daddy" or, or Bill Cunningham <laughs> show, you can see um, <laughs> a, a three-part episode of him with an 18-year-old girl with bad teeth. Who, uh, who looks like she's twelve? Well, I wouldn't say that. I think she looks about eighteen, but she 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 has uh, bad teeth. She's like eighteen, and she's supposedly dating him, and at the same time, still kind of like her best friend, who's her age, has a thing for her. The whole thing was made up. The whole thing was fake. The whole thing was just. Uh, for TV purposes, for entertainment purposes, but people watching these shows, they really think it's real. They really think that you know Dave here really had an 18-year-old girlfriend, and really she really has an 18-year-old male friend who who likes her and, and wants to take her away from Dave. It's all phony. Everything was made up, and and that's right. What's amazing to me is because of social media like Twitter and Facebook, you see people comment by the hundreds. You know. Um, saying, hey, I feel for Ashley, oh, oh, Dave was in the wrong, blah, blah, blah. And, and they really believed this when none of it, none of it, and Todd knows because he's seen my work, none of it's real. Yeah, it's it's all fake. So that's my moniker, the legendary talk show character actor. Yeah, that's what he really, he really is a talk show character actor. He's been so many, I'm surprised people don't start to recognize him, that he's been on so well, many. It, it, interestingly enough, I, I do want to interject this. I had gotten to the point, because I had done 20 game shows, where uh, there was a show, um, and, and being gamblers, which you guys are, there's a show on the game show network called Catch 21, which is essentially blackjack. I don't know if either of you have seen it. No, I haven't. But um, that was my demise in the game show world. Um, I went on that show, and I got, as far as literally taping the first segment and you have to sign a document when you go on game shows that you haven't been on any other game shows in the past year oh. and I, I had been on a few um, so we're taping the first segment and I'm actually leading and you, you can win $25,000 and security came on and said you know one of our crew recognized you from <laughs> Let's Make a Deal um, and security literally threw me off the set, and at that point wow. I said, okay, 
I'm not doing any more game shows because it, it just wasn't worth it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why, again, I sort of diversified what I do um, as far as expanding, like, the TV court shows. I can do a TV court show, you know, like a Judge Judy or the Yeah, that's the other thing. He, yeah, he appears on TV court shows with, with fake cases, too. So when you're seeing these things on... And, and Judge... yeah, it's a $5,000 payday. Yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. The, the, that, like, the, people do this for money. So they actually, uh, you know, because they actually pay out the judgment, the people, the both people who appear... You know, they they both come up with some story about this this phony dispute they have. The the TV show pays the winner, and then they split it. And you get an appearance fee, plus you get a free trip to either Chicago, New York, Connecticut, or Los Angeles. All expenses paid, a daily per diem. I mean, it's the most lucrative thing in the world. And it's not and it's not even like this guy is uh, like like committing fraud and and, uh, tricking these companies. These companies they they realize it. They know it. All they want is something that makes good TV, and they don't care if it's real or not. And and often it's often it's not. Often they have these talk show character actors like like Dave showing up and and doing this and and making the money, and uh, they don't care. They're happy to put it on TV. But are um, are those court shows? Are they scripted or? do you put well, together your own it's argument? It's not scripted. It, 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 it's called scripted reality. So what it is, it's like... So if you, you can know, actually um, win the case... You, you go in there with a, with, with a premise that is very telegenic. And, you know, if they don't like it, they'll actually come to you in the green room and they'll rewrite the script and say, well, I like what you said in the pre-interview, but if you could see it this way... Um, Judge Judy would really like that, and you really want to impress Judge Judy, you know. It's uh, you know, and and you know, nine out of ten times when you watch these courtships, if it's if it's a stupid like cell phone dispute or a dog case, then it's probably real. But if you see something like what I do when <laughs> you know I go on the uh, Judge Craig Mathis show and talk about how a party planner screwed me out of $5,000 uh, over a mud wrestling one-night-only New Year's Eve event or a celebrity look-alike strippers, guess what? It's fake. Yeah, yeah. And I do it better than anyone else in the world. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he's been on a lot of these, and, and you can see on YouTube, if you type, him in, type in his name, Dave Lerman, that's L-E-R-M-A-N, you, you'll see a lot of these that, he, that he's recorded yeah, and put I, up my, there. My, 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 uh, Todd, Todd may, may, may I interject? Yeah, go ahead. What's that? Yeah, go ahead. You know, one of my favorites, and, and if you go on YouTube and you type in the keyword Tyra, T-Y-R-A, TV Gold, okay? I went on the Tyra Banks show, and this was, again, I really wanted to be, and I, I had uh, recently told Todd this story, and I really wanted to be on this game show where you could win a million dollars. It was called The Moment of Truth, and all you had to do was tell the truth. And I have a ton of skeletons in my closet. I've led a very debaucherous lifestyle. Um, and the producer, Howard Schultz, was like, Dave, you've done four game shows for me. I know how bad you want to be on it. Because I knew I could win that game show. You know, um, I know how bad you want to be on this, but I, I just I can't put you on. So in the 11th hour... This guy calls me up and says, and this is right after the first week, and the show, ratings-wise, skyrocketed. It was in prime time on Fox TV. And he says, we're going to do a mock version 
of the game show on Tyra Banks. So would you be up for that? We'll pay you $1,500, fly you first class to New York. And I'll never forget, I was flying <laughs> out of LAX, and right across the aisle from me in first class was Dog the Bounty Hunter and his wife. So here I am flying to New York to be on the Tyra Banks show and go against a lie detector. And if, if, if you watch that clip, Tyra TV Gold. I go on a show and I beat the lie detector test. It was one of the most amazing pieces of work I ever did because in, in, in most cases, like with a game show, I, I, I never know. I was on the World Series of Pop Culture where I beat out 300,000 people and lost a quarter of a million dollars on a question about Beyonce Knowles. So on a, on a game show, it's, it's pretty much a wild card. Um, on talk shows, very scripted. On court shows, there's been curveballs, but I never in my life thought, and this was pretty much a defining moment, I could beat a lie detector. And oh, so, I you, so you really, you, and, I was wondering, I was going to ask, did you, you, so you took a real lie detector and really beat it? Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, well, watch the tape. It's called Tyra TV. No, I was, I was wondering, though, if there was a real lie detector, if that was just for, they did that for TV, but you really beat it. I, you know, to this day, I don't know, but a, 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 as it aired, I beat it. I don't know if they No, you don't know the if, they, if they just because, uh, skewed the results for you. Well, right, exactly, because it made great TV. If you watch that final moment uh, on that clip where I call it Tyra TV Gold, because, you know, as opposed to Radio Hindenburg... That was TV Gold, yes. uh, where, you know, I've got my best friend and this girl pretending to be my girlfriend, um, accusing me of all this heinous stuff. And they hooked me up to a lie detector the day before. And, you know, the guy's a bonded security expert, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, man, I'm really wondering if they're going to cancel my flight home because everything I'm saying is going to come out a lie because... That girl's not my girlfriend. I just met her this morning, you know. <laughs> and when when the results came in, it, it was incredible. Dave. Hello. I think we. Let me see. Did we lose him? I think we may have lost him. Uh. I wanted to know if that was his girlfriend as well, because the girl in that clip. No, it wasn't his girlfriend. girlfriend. No. In fact, oh, Dave, are you still here? I think he's gone. And we lost. I, I see he's still connected, but we lost him somehow. Uh, no, nope, he's gone. Let me try. Let me try to call him back, and uh, we'll find. Yeah, that was not his girlfriend. And in fact, every time he appeared on any of these shows with a girlfriend, it was not his girlfriend. I mean, it kind of looked like it wasn't his real girlfriend. She she looked just like Maria Ho, which is. <laughs> We're calling him back? Yeah, I'm calling him back, yeah. Okay. So um, hopefully we'll get him back on here. And I'm actually looking around online uh, for this guy. He, there's a ton of stuff on this guy. He's really he's legit with what he's saying. He's like a professional TV mercenary. Yeah. Dave, are you with us? Uh, oh, Dave. Dave, are you with us? Yeah, hang, hang on a second, Dave. Yeah, yeah I, I see what happened. Here we go. Uh, somehow... Uh, I, oh boy, we have a little phone trouble here, but uh, let me connect. I'm going to connect him back on in a second. Uh, 
and we'll hear the rest of the story. And I'll also have him describe, he actually really did date some famous people, you know, some celebrities. And I will uh, have him talk a bit about that, and then we'll, that. we will move on. We will move on. Oops. Oops. What's going on here? It's my own voice. Here, you hear the echo? Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Um... Let me uh, get this back on here and uh, apologize to everybody for the temporary fail. But then we will connect it back on. So, um, is uh, is Johnny Semper, are you back here? Yeah, I'm on with you. Um, I was just kind of letting you do your thing there. I wasn't sure. If no we problem. had him back, actually, your echo sounded like it was his voice. Yeah, it was very, it was very I, I could have done the segment myself. I could have just been him. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I dated uh, Christina Aguilera about 10 years ago. <laughs> cute. Really How did you meet cute. this guy's draft? Did you just bump into him in a casino? Or No, in, uh... actually, I met him having nothing to do with Las Vegas. I, I knew him through somebody I'm going to guess forums. No, it wasn't forums. Okay. That's weird. Now I'm going to have Fast Busy trying to call him. This is such a fail. Jeez. I'll try one more time. There's a lot to call him next time. You should have him do some of his comedy bits that he was doing when I met him. Pretty pretty funny stuff. Uh, any update on the Dodgers score? Let's see if we can... Yeah, uh... they're losing 2-1 to one <laughs> in the 5th. But, but uh, St. Louis lost. The Do- it's in the Dodgers' hands here. They had to... They can yeah. win. They survive another day. That was, that was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it's always fail. It's always kind of yeah, weird not here. A problem. Technical difficulties. I'm back. Yeah. So okay. So Dave. Uh, um. Yeah. Johnny here was asking if that that was your real girlfriend, and I said no. 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 I I, I met her that morning, and I, and as I told you the story, what happened was that was actually her first TV appearance, and what she ended up doing was cashing in her plane tickets. Uh, on her way back to Orange County um, and screwing over the Tyra show. Because what I like to do, like uh, case in point with the Bill Cunningham show, I've now been on that three times, and I'm probably going to do it again in November because that was pretty epic. I, I, I did this gimmick where I run off stage and I start crying in the producer's arms, and it was just great TV. I would have loved to go back on the Aww. Tyra Banks show because at that point she was great radio, in the ratings. And Hello? this girl who was pretending yeah. to be my girlfriend, you know, kind can of. Can anybody hear me? Oh. Yeah, I can. Hold, hold that on. That was interesting. Hold, hold on, Brandon. I can hear you. Can can uh, can yeah, you hear Brandon out there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, we can hear you, Brandon. Can you hear us? Okay, I can't hear him, and you guys are muffled. Oh, you can't. You can't hear him. No. Weird. Not at all. Brandon, can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. You're okay. back, buddy. Okay. Yeah, hey, we're working it out. You know, life isn't perfect. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, so, so, um, so you said she she actually took the money they gave her for the plane ticket and cashed it in on the way back or yeah. something. And then, yeah. That's great. So, and and, and the the producers at the Tyler Bank show were just furious because it was it was a fifteen hundred dollar plane ticket. <laughs> okay, so and, and I get this call. I'm 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 back in Los Angeles. And the producer Scott calls me up and goes, "Hey, your girlfriend just took us for fifteen hundred dollars because what happens is they actually charge back a penalty 
for a cancellation fee. And I guess when she was at the um, ticketing counter, because uh, the plane ticket was in her name, she, she, they, they said, well, there, there'll be a $300 cancellation fee, but if, if you're willing to accept that, oh, and she just charged we'll it to the show. to the credit card uh, <laughs> and give you the $1,500, and she took the $1,500. That's funny. All right, so so um, you told me about some celebrities you've dated before. Can you name some of them and, and tell us the, uh, of the ones you name something that's interesting about one of them? All right. Um, well, I mean, they're they're kind of B-list. Uh, Latoya Jackson, Oof. Jessica Hahn. B-list um, is a little. Amanda uh... Peterson, Margaret Cho, Janine Garofalo. Did so you say Lacey Peterson? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Amanda Peterson from the movie uh, "Can't Buy Me Love." Okay, and so so uh, With, uh, Patrick Dempsey. No, no, so Latoya Jackson. <laughs> yes. How did that happen? I, you know, I, I wouldn't call that a date. I would call that an affair in a porta potty. And I told Todd this story. Wait, did you fornicate? <laughs> did you fornicate with Latoya Jackson? I um, I, I guess you know by Bill Clinton's definition, yeah. I mean, oral sex is uh, fornication. Yes, I did get a blowjob from Latoya Jackson. Wow! In a porta party uh, at at a water park here in Las Vegas during the PSDAs. Uh, in exchange for some, you get a blowjob uh, from Latoya Jackson and a porta potty. Well, he got, he got an exchange for correct. In correct. exchange for what? Well, in exchange for cocaine. <laughs> and uh, what, what, what year was this? Uh, it was the VSDAs, I think, in 1990. Jesus. Yeah, uh, January of 1990. Wow. She was um, married to this guy, Jack Gordon, and he was like 20 years her senior. She had a huge cocaine habit, um, and she had uh, modeled for Playboy. So me and Doug, and again, uh, the pictures are on my Facebook page, and it's funny because the picture of me and Latoya Jackson is right after her giving me a blowjob at a porta potty in exchange for approximately a third of a gram of cocaine. Now, now who brought up the whole idea of, of this trade? Was this your idea or hers? Well, you know, back then it, it, it was, uh, I'll be honest, uh, in, in, in the late 80s, um, first off, everybody was promiscuous. And, you know, uh, Sam Kinison would use Doug to actually hold his cocaine because we could go through airports and nobody would search Doug. <laughs> That's you know, funny. So, so, so Sam Kinison was using the, the muscular dystrophy guy to, to bring cocaine through the airport because everyone felt too bad to search him. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we, we would always have access to copious amounts of cocaine. So, you know, we would be at these parties, and as, as Todd was saying, you know, with these pictures, uh, cocaine was like legal tender as, as far as trading. And uh, I'll never forget the first time... Um, I did this gambit. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the 70s teen singer Leif Garrett. You know who that is? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, he was dating Justine Bateman from Family Ties, right? Yeah. And we were at the comedy store, and they both were just hugely jonesing for cocaine. And I, I'm like, no, no, no. And, and Life said, hey, Justino, show your tits if you give her a bump. And I'm like, 
really? So you go to the fucking bathroom, and there's a star of Family Ties lifting up her shirt for a little bit of cocaine. So I made this my sort of, you know, modus operandi. So when a celebrity or even a civilian, a stripper, a porn star, whatever, would say, hey, man, got a little taste, got a little taste? And I'd say, hey, what what are you going to do for me? We're at this party at Wet and Wild, and everybody is basically in their bathing suits except Doug, so they have no access. There's no way you can hide drugs when you're in your bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. But Doug has got an eight ball under his seat cushion, and all these playmates, there were like nine different girls prior to Latoya Jackson who, who like knew, hey, Dave was the go-to guy. And I just, I kind of got greedy. So Latoya Jackson, who is just drunk out of her mind, says, hey, you got any taste? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, not out of here, not out of here. And we go into this porta potty at Wet n' Wild, which is over by the Sahara on the Vegas Strip. And I just say to her, I go, what are you going to do for me? And before I know it, my pants are unzipped, and my business is in her mouth, and she is giving me an awesome blowjob. And, you know, Doug goes, what happened? And after we walked out of there, he's like, where's the rest? I go, I gave it all to her. I go, that was worth it. That was Latoya Jackson. And even he was like, wow. So, yeah, and, and you even got a good blowjob from Latoya. Jackson, it, it wasn't even just Latoya Jackson. It was a good blowjob from Latoya Jackson. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, she was amazing. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, 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 it was. And, and again, the funny thing was, if, if you go to my Facebook page and, and you see the picture she took with me and Doug was not 90 seconds after we exited the porta potty. <laughs> uh, what was your Facebook again? Uh, it's Dave, D-A-V-E, dot Lerman, L-E-R-M-A-N. Yeah. If you go to Facebook.com slash Dave, period, Lerman, L-E-R-M-A-N, then you uh, you can find it. And, he... and, and, and you can see all my videos from Tyra, from when Madonna sends me for an enema, uh, uh, <laughs> the Bill Cunningham show, all that stuff, the World Series of Pop Culture, and plus there's close to a thousand photos of me and every celebrity you can imagine. Yeah. There really is, and uh, so uh, yeah, this is. Uh, we will have Dave on again. We're gonna we're gonna move on to some other topics here, but th- this is a great segment, and we're gonna definitely. I, I don't want to shoot. I don't want. I don't want to shoot our load into Latoya's yeah. mouth all in one night. So. Hey, well put, Todd. You guys have a great night, and again, thank you so much. Uh, I'm here in Las Vegas, uh, and and can I plug one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, if, if if you're in Las Vegas. Right across from the Hard Rock Cafe is a Kiss by Monster Mini Golf. And after a little bit of a disastrous run with the Bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards, I am back full time at Kiss by Monster Mini Golf as uh, DJ Davids. Uh, they've got a wonderful setup there. It's glow in the dark mini golf. Uh, and I'm there five nights a week uh, playing all Kiss all the time. So if you're in Vegas, and you want to have a great time, it's very Kiss-themed, uh, come on down to Kiss by Monster Mini Golf. Yeah. Okay? Very good. All right. All right thank, thank, thank you, you Dave. We'll, we'll have you on again. Uh, the chat room uh, seems oh, to really like wait, you here. Man. You guys are the best. All right. The chat room, uh, they, they really enjoyed the segment, so uh, thank you for coming on.
My, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not watching on the computer. I'm focusing on talking. So thank yeah. you all. And uh, yeah, can't wait to come back on. All right, thank you. Have a great night. Bye bye. So that was that was Dave Lehrman. What did he say that he was an inglorious bastard? Uh, he was referring to uh, he was he took a new job at. Um, I actually mentioned it on the forum. I didn't realize he had quit already. He, uh, at the Goratorium, that um, he actually invited you down there to, to see him there, Brandon. Yep. Uh, I, I guess it's. I didn't hear hear about this yet, but apparently it didn't work out, and he's uh, at Kiss Monster Mini Golf again. So hmm. that's that's hmm. so the the Bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards. I guess is the one who owns the Goratorium. Eli Roth. Yeah. The bear Jew, yeah. Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess something happened there where uh, it didn't work out, but I, I don't even know about that yet. But anyway, yeah, very interesting guy. Brandon met him and said, this guy's a character. We've got to hear him, and uh, got to hear him on radio. And it, it seems like the chat room enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, you listen to someone here, you, you don't hear that often from someone who just will candidly tell you things like this. Like, like I traded cocaine with Latoya Jackson for a blowjob in a bathroom of Wet and Wild in Las Vegas. Like, you don't hear this normally. Like this stuff happened, but but you don't hear about it. And here we have somebody who's just willing to say everything. So um, Six Toed Pete actually said in our chat room, "This guy Dave is actually a window on Hollywood, the dark underbelly of celebrity, but still interesting." And I think that's a good description. So yeah, uh, we will have him on again. There's there's many more stories that he told me. I just didn't want to put it all in one night, especially because we have uh, other things to do here. So uh, anyway. We have a, a new person to have on our show every so often. Again, nothing to do with poker, but uh, this show is a mixture of poker and non-poker. And uh, if it's interesting, we'll put it on. And he was definitely interesting. So um, let's, let's talk about uh, a little more serious subject now. Howard Lederer incurring the wrath of Diamond Flesh Poker. Now, uh, Jason, are you familiar with this story? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've read everything that's out there on it. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, this this is uh, Diamond Flush, by the way. This is a woman, apparently. I didn't know she was a woman. In fact, I was disappointed when I found out she was, because I, I always pictured Diamond Flush. You know, when uh, Noah SD started his Subject Poker site, which was supposed to be the bias-free poker site, a site that wasn't afraid to report the truth, even if it makes certain companies look bad. And I, and I support such things, because I'm I'm very big on, on the truth getting out about shady things in poker. And I, I thought that, you know, Subject Poker, that they were uh, on the right track with that. Well, for whatever reason, Noah SD quit that project, and uh, someone else who was working on the site with him, who went by Diamond Flush, started, kind of continued it over on a new site called DiamondFlushPoker.com. And uh, I always pictured Diamond Flush, even though I had no information to lead me to this conclusion, I always pictured Diamond Flush as like this short Indian kid who's like 25 years old that's just like really smart and and really good at digging up dirt. That's kind of like what I pictured. And I, I don't know if this happens to the rest of you, but when you picture someone a certain way on the internet and when you see them and they're just different... It's disappointing. Even if there's nothing wrong with them, and even if what you were picturing wasn't, like, really physically attractive, or even if someone of the same sex, it's like, you picture them one way, and then you see them another way, it's just kind of disappointing. You guys had that happen before? Yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so for some reason I, I was disappointed. I never really had an opinion one way or another on Diamond Flush. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that was just me. That was just my weirdness, where I, I just pictured Diamond Flush as, like, this short Indian kid. Nikki, Nikki 22. 
<laughs> so, so, so uh, when Diamond Flesh turned out to be some like middle-aged woman, for some reason that was disappointing to me, only because it wasn't an Indian kid. But uh, uh, Diamond Flesh is actually a very good reporter in digging up dirt. I mean, she has a lot of connections. I don't know where she gets them all. People just must come to her because she's uh, uh, known to do this sort of thing. But she has a lot of connections who tell her things, and and uh, usually the things she hears are, are accurate. And, uh, you know, occasionally someone will come to her with bullshit and she'll report it, but uh, usually it's pretty accurate. And I guess she got a lot of inside dirt on Full Tilt and Howard Lederer and collected this over the years, or since Black Friday, and hasn't really released any of it. And um, so Howard Lederer, he did his seven-part interview, which we've, over the last two shows, I reviewed by playing clips and giving my opinion on on Howard's statements. But he did a a seven hour interview, which was cut to three and a half hours, and a video interview that was put up on Poker News. Then he did a follow-up interview to that, because a lot of people weren't happy with Howard saying, I don't know, to so many things. So he did a follow-up interview. He on... just be speculating. <laughs> yeah, just speculate. He doesn't want to speculate. But he did a follow-up interview on, on 2 Plus 2's PokerCast. But then Howard apparently was not very happy with the response he was getting. So, um, th- this is how Diamond Flesh reported the way it went down. She said, uh, um, the, uh, referring to Adam Schwartz and Mike Johnson of the 2 Plus 2 Poker Cast. The duo taped another 3 plus hours of follow up questions with Letterer, which was released this week unedited. Letterer's memory was a little better this time, but she was still missing a factual accounting of things that transpired before and, after, before and after Black Friday that he neglected to mention, including, of course, his taking any personal responsibility for his own actions. The final interview was to be was the final interview was due to be published on this site beginning today. So he had agreed with Diamond Flush to also do an interview that would be in written form that would be po- published on uh, diamondflushpoker.com. However, this weekend Letterer decided to stop talking. After weeks of give and take in the area of parameters for our interview, Letterer says this ordeal has been harder on uh, harder than he and his family than was expected. The ordeal that he had prepared for over a year, the ordeal that he had seemingly had an answer to every conceivable question prepared, the ordeal that he said was the poker community finally deserved to hear about, my interview with Howard was not happening, and he advised that his decision was final. So basically he, he backed out of the interview with Diamond Flush Poker after they went back and forth for weeks about the way it's going to work, and just said, that's it, I'm not talking to anyone anymore. I, I did my video interviews, I did my 2 plus 2 interview, uh, uh, this has been harder on my family and me than I expected, so I'm done talking. So, I, I think basically what happened here was Howard thought, I, I don't know how he thought this, but he thought by coming onto, uh, on, onto Poker News and doing a video with them, and, and, uh, and then coming on to uh, 2 plus 2 and doing uh, their interview, and saying, I don't know a million times, that somehow that was going to make everyone happy, and make everyone love him again. And when it didn't, then uh, then he decided he didn't want to talk anymore. He realized he was only hurting himself, and his rep was getting worse, not better. I, I don't know how he didn't see this, but uh, um, Howard, I, I'm just curious here. Um, why, why, Howard, did you think it was even possible that uh, going on these shows and answering no questions was going to make people like you better after all the money that had been stolen from them? I don't have all the facts. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, so that's that's basically his answer to everything. So he refused to come on to, or not come on to, but but to speak to Diamond Flush and say. No, I don't know. I have no recollection. 
I'm just speculating now, so I... Yeah, so he, he was going to say that to Diamond Flesh, but he decided not to. He decided just forget the whole thing. It's not really working out for me with this interview stuff. So Diamond Flesh was pissed off because she went back and forth with him for weeks discussing the terms of the interview, finally thought she had an agreement, and he backed out after she was promoting it would appear on her site. So now, because he's incurred her wrath, now she's going to write a several-part expose on Howard and the truth regarding him and Full Tilt. And she wrote part one today. and uh, Or actually, yesterday. And, and she's going to be prevent, presenting other parts that are going to, I guess, compare what he said on those interviews and what the truth is from what she's been told behind the scenes. So there's basically someone who's gotten a lot of inside information from a lot of sources that knows the truth and knows that Howard was not telling the truth in a lot of spots, and she's going to break it down of what parts he was being truthful and what parts he wasn't. So this will be very interesting to read. Uh, the only thing I have to criticize here, because I, I think this is great what she's doing, the only thing I have to criticize is that I read part one, and, and before I give my opinion, uh, did you read it, Jacob? Uh, I read about half of part one today. I read all the stuff leading up to it, um, and about half of part one today, but yeah. And, and uh, what about you, Brandon? Did you read it yet? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, you didn't get a chance to read it. Okay, no. so so I can tell you that I expected more here. I was very confused reading it. It was one of these things that I was reading, and then I'd say, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And I'd, I'd go back and read it again, and it still wouldn't make sense. And I, then I'd sit there and go, wait, am I dumb? Like, I'd really start doubting myself. Like, maybe I'm just dumb and I'm not understanding this. And, and then I, I would read it yet again. And there were just certain parts that just weren't written well enough for me to understand. And, I, and then I came to realize from just reading the whole thing that, that Diamond Flesh, as good of a reporter as she is, she just isn't a very good writer, at least in my opinion. And, and I really no, wish... You're, you're absolutely right with that, Jeff. I, I actually have the same feeling on, on the writing. It's just sometimes it's just hard to get through. And... Yeah. And that, it's not even just dry, it's just like a lot of it doesn't make sense or contradicts itself, and I, I don't think it's because she doesn't have the facts or that she's not telling the truth. I think it's just she isn't good at communicating it uh, to where it makes sense to people and to where it's all organized and to where the average person can read it, or even not the average person, any person can read it and, and really fully get what she's trying to convey. I really wish this site had her research skills and her reporting skills and, and someone else's writing skills that's very good at writing. But uh, we had to take what we can get here. It's uh, you know She's not making any or much money with this. She has a donate button, but that's it. She doesn't uh, take any ads from anyone because she doesn't want to uh, have to go easy on anyone. That uh, Donate button. That yeah, there's, there's the fiasco. donate button. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. That, you know what? In a way, that donate button kind of, in a way, caused the end of my time on Donk Down because uh, no SD put up the donate button on the previous site he did with Diamond Flush, Subject Poker, and that gave... Micon the idea to put up a donate button and then he didn't ask me about it just put it up and then that caused a big flap which ended up uh, leading to us splitting up so yeah maybe poker fraud alert would not occur would not have occurred or would not have existed if it wasn't for diamond flesh and and subject poker but anyway uh, I look forward to reading the remaining parts I don't know how many parts it's going to be but it's called the distortion of truth in the letterer files and uh, I, I recommend everybody checks it out, even though the writing style isn't very good. Uh, it's probably going to have a lot of good information if you can sift through that. And uh, maybe I'll even post the cliffs of it eventually when this is all done. So uh, she's she's angry, though, at Howard. Angry that he would not do the interview as promised. 
and uh, now he's going to pay for it. <laughs> so I, I think it's good that there's people like her bringing the truth out there. And uh, by the way, I mean, do you think that this would have been such a big if she did get the interview with Howard, though, would she still be this open and honest with her opinions of him or would she have kind of coddled him as a guest of hers? That's a good question. Now, this was, I believe, only going to be a written interview and not a radio or TV interview. But uh, it is a good question, is if he was fully cooperative and stuck to all the terms that they agreed to, would she have done the interview and then trashed him afterwards saying, no, this is what I really know about him. This is what this is what the truth really is. Like, like would she have done that or maybe she would have used this stuff that she already had and asked him about it during the interview? I don't know. I have a feeling if, if he kept everything he promised, that she probably would have kept to whatever she promised him. Because she talked about the parameters they agreed to over those few weeks. So it probably was like, you can ask me about this, but you can't ask me about that. You can say this, but you can't say that. Like, probably something like that, to where they came to some kind of terms that were satisfactory to both parties until he decided he was done with interviews because everyone was hating him more. And I, I don't know how Howard was not expecting that. How, how could Howard think that coming out and, and acting like this wasn't his fault and throwing other people under the bus and pretending not to know about things that he clearly knows about. How did he think that was going to go over in the poker community that, that had hundreds of millions of dollars stolen from them? I mean, I, I don't see how he thought this was a good idea, but sometimes people in desperate situations just don't act rationally, and I think that's kind of what, what Howard did, where he was so desperate to rebuild his reputation that he, uh, he thought that this might actually work, and it was a complete failure. And... Uh, he, he finally pulled the plug on the whole effort when uh, both interviews he did were met with a lot of anger. So, uh, so anyway. He might have helped get the Gus Hansen a nice gig. Yeah, right. So moving on to that, Gus Hansen is now going to be the face of Full Tilt Poker. This has been announced out of Dublin. Announced today. Did the... Uh... They send you the press release, Druff? I have the press release. Is it really for release? It says, Gus Hansen will return as the face of Full Tilt Poker. The Great Dane becomes relaunched as the site's first brand ambassador. Full Tilt Poker today announced that international poker star and tournament legend Gus Hansen will return as brand ambassador for the site, which plans to reopen for Real Money Poker on November 6, 2012. And uh, so it's reopening next month, almost uh, one month from now. How do you guys feel about a former owner of Full Tilt Poker being the new face of the company. Uh I don't care because he I don't think he was involved at all in in this stuff. The the people I don't want to see involved with Full Tilt again are anyone who had to do with the stealing of the money or the deception afterwards. Like I wasn't happy when when FTP Doug from 2 plus 2 who who peddled all those lies on 2 plus 2 was then uh he's now working for the new Full Tilt. Ain't no talk about Phil Gordon being no face in no new full tilt poker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, like, I, I don't want to, I, I just... Anyway, well, you know, think about it, though, anyhow, just even eliminating that and just <clears throat> keeping people that you know had nothing to do with the day-to-day runnings, who would really be a better choice? I mean, I know there was that rumor uh, that was going around after Isildur left stars, the reasoning that people were speculating... Was it he already had a, a deal in you know in place to be rebranded as the head guy on Full Tilt? I guess that's looking like that's not going to happen. 
Um, but I mean, who else really could you think of? Yeah, like, yeah. What, I mean, what other names really that are obviously non-Americans that you know that that would be able to play on the site? Uh, you know, yeah. I guess a lot of people do move like Negreanu plays in Canada and is still a site. But I don't know what other names could you would you even think about? Well, well he's be like, actually the perfect uh, yeah, yeah, person he, to be. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Tell. And Antonius would be a decent one too, but. Uh... I don't think and he had anything. Another to do. another thing that a lot of people I don't know, I haven't read a whole lot on it, but it's was pretty well publicized that Gus Hansen right before Black Friday was on like a huge heater and his full tilt account has several million dollars on it. So <laughs> making him the face of the company may eliminate a rush on the withdrawal of several million dollars as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Gus I, I think he's a decent choice, and, uh, you know, people don't dislike Gus. People don't really see him like they do the ones who were responsible for Full Tilt's demise, like people like Howard or uh, um, or Ray Bittar or Chris Ferguson. You know, he's he, he kind of escaped this without any kind of real scrutiny because he's, you know, he didn't know. I believe he didn't know. And I, I believe most of the owners of Full Tilt were left in the dark, and while they received payouts that they weren't supposed to. They didn't know that these payouts were coming from player money, so I, I can't blame them for that, and um, you know, I, I, I didn't like how a lot of them continued to represent Full Tilt Poker after they weren't paying people for that next World Series. Like, I, I didn't like seeing certain people wearing Full Tilt logos after people couldn't play the World Series because Full Tilt had lost their money. I thought that was crappy. But beyond that, uh, I, I don't want to be too hard on the people that were Full tilt pros that uh, just ended up going down with the ship and not realizing what was happening until the ship was underwater. So uh, yeah, so he's been selected, and uh, I guess Full Tilt's going to open on November sixth. Poker Stars will be managing it. The the card root manager being full, uh, FTP Doug. I forget his real name, but uh, I I didn't feel good about that just because this guy lied to two plus two. He lied to the poker community on behalf of Full Tilt, and even if he didn't fully know that he was lying. He had to know somewhat that he was saying a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense or didn't have a lot of facts behind them. And w when you do that, when you're the one, when you're the mouthpiece for a site that has done this to people, uh, you really should not be involved with the relaunched version of it that's supposed to be honest. It just, it just gives, it's, it gives a bad image to the whole thing. You just want, you want to distance yourself from everyone who had to do anything with that deception. So, uh, Gus, I'm fine with being the face of Full Tilt Poker. FTP Doug there being the card room manager, I don't like, but, uh, you know, they're, they're not asking me for my opinion. So, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, uh, Another poker news. South Point Poker, which is supposed to open in the next week, is still looking for a poker investigator. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. South Point Poker, you know, the, uh, the Nevada State... The, the first Nevada State online poker room that's going to be legalized through the South Point Casino... They they have these job postings there, and one of them is for a poker investigator. <laughs> and then you have to go through this really weird application process to apply to be the poker investigator. Uh, you have to give your social security number, and then you have to take a personality test with these really, really obvious questions that you'd have to be a moron to answer the wrong way. It'll say things like, rate from 1 to 5, 1 if you totally disagree, and 5 if you completely agree, and the others are in between. So... Would you say you get frustrated really easily? One through five. Disagree or agree? Like, if you're applying for a job, would you ever admit that you get frustrated really easily? Would you ever admit that you have a bad temper? Would you ever admit you have trouble getting along with people? Or that uh, you're not that driven com to complete your work? Like, who would ever answer these wrong? 
But uh, I, mean, I just think it's also funny the way they just termed it on the website for you know under under their hiring section. It just says poker investigator. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I thought that's just funny. They could yeah. have worded it, you know, differently than that. Like you know, security analysis or you know, fraud prevention. It's just yeah, yeah. Poker, poker investigator. Inve- poker Makes you feel like they're going to be out on the street wearing like a you know like a hat, like a top hat. Yeah, just, a, you know, a like Sherlock Holmes guy hat. Just being like knocking on your door. So did you have the ace queen suited? You know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, a guy comes to your door with a Sherlock Holmes hat and a, and a magnifying glass. Allowed me to look for evidence here. Um, it's elementary that you were colluding with Matt Marifiotti. Hey, you know, real fast, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know what? I, I, and I probably shouldn't. But do you remember that? you remember quite well the movie Private Parts with Howard Stern, either of you? Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Now, what was it they said? What was it that uh, they told Pig Vomit? The average... Howard Stern fan listens for how many hours per day? That oh, I don't Jesus. remember. I remember the scene. I don't remember the time. I don't either. Okay. Well, never mind. Keep going. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, 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 I hate to see that the South Point of... Uh, I think it's going to be a big fail, at least at the beginning. I think they're going to have a lot of startup errors. They're going to make a lot of weird mistakes and, and not quite understand the way the whole industry works. It's gonna it's almost gonna be like like starting online poker all over again. And and just taking none of the expertise that's been learned over time. I, I have a feeling they're gonna put all the wrong people in these positions. But we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. Uh and then the stratosphere will be putting up a room and uh you know I I think eventually we're gonna see a lot of different rooms up in the state of Nevada. whether there's the player base to support it remains to be seen, especially at any limits below, like, super low limits, but I I guess we will see if it succeeds. Um, since I brought up the name, let me move on to the next topic. Matt Marifiotti. This is this is so strange. He's an awesome dude. <sighs> awesome guy. I love awesome that video. I think, that's, I think that's my favorite video. From Seriously Serious? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there's so many that were good, but I, I, I really do like that one. So, Have you guys watched his reality show pilot? Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's it's actually so bad. It's it's like... It's so bad, it's good. You almost have to watch it. You know what? I, I, I actually thought it was so bad that it wasn't even bad in an entertaining way. I thought it was bad, like, this is just really awful, but it's so awful that it's not even entertaining awful. It's just terrible. Like, there's just... The, the only thing good about it, I think is that you just laughed that he really thought that this could really be a pilot. So this Wait, is this really sad that I don't even know what you guys are talking about? There, there's a pilot that he attempted to do for a reality show, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. Called The Kid, I think. Yeah, I think it's called The Kid, right. And uh, I, I think I posted about it on my site at one point, but uh, it, it's on YouTube. I think, or it's not YouTube, it's some other site where you, you had to watch uh, it. It's Vimeo, I think. Yeah, Vimeo, right. And it, it's just absolutely terrible. It's like three parts of 10 minutes each or something, or 15 minutes each. And it's the most contrived bullshit. It's like, it's embarrassing to watch. It's, it's really just terrible and not even like terrible like it's funny or terrible just because it's cheesy. It's just, it's a combination of like, Hilariously staged in such an obvious way, and and a, and a terrible attempt to promote himself as some sort of like baller rich kid that just makes him look like an asshole, but not even like a charming asshole. Not even like the like like if you think about like All in the Family like forty years ago, you know like Archie Bunker was an asshole and he said a lot of stupid things, but he was charming. This he wasn't like that at all. And this like he he just came off as like totally unlikable, and the whole thing was like super contrived too. Oh, it's a private video now. I'm being told in the chat room. We can't watch it anymore. It's too bad. But it was it was it was one of the worst things I've ever seen on TV. It wasn't really on TV, but like had it made TV, it really but it would have been one of the worst shows ever. I'm not even kidding. 
It was it, it was mind-bogglingly bad. But uh, <laughs> if if you take a look in the chat room, and and I'll post this uh, on the forum later for people in the archives. I have a picture I just posted that I got from Two Plus Two that I think he posted on Twitter of himself with his shirt off, looking like he has like two black eyes. And I don't know what that has to do with uh, the rest of what he was tweeting, but he tweeted, I wish I actually had cancer so I could do the world a service and die already. Hashtag IMO. Then he tweets, an angry depressive with no direction. He's referring to himself. I'm still trying to figure out the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, We're watching a meltdown literally right in front of our eyes. It's pretty... I mean, at first it was kind of amusing, but now it's just kind of sad to me. Well, you know, you know what I think here from watching all of this stuff from the beginning with the uh, the Lauren Kling hairy asshole stuff all the way up through now. This is somebody who really, really, really can't survive without massive attention being thrown his way. I mean, he's just he's all about attention, negative or positive. And if he can't get positive attention, he'll get negative attention. And uh, this is someone who was obviously very spoiled as a child. It's a very rich family. I, I don't even know if he went to poker. He, he may be losing big time at poker, but his dad just keeps giving him money. I don't know. I'm not saying he is or isn't, but uh, a lot of these high-stakes poker players, if they come from rich backgrounds, you, ne- you never know what their results really are, especially, like, live. But um, this kid is someone who is a textbook example of if you have a lot of money, you've got to be careful how you spend it on your child. You don't let your child think that the world revolves around them and that they can have anything they want because they grow up like this. And um, he obviously has a lot of emotional problems and uh, I I don't know what's going to happen to him eventually. It it really is kind of a meltdown. But also, he does a lot of exaggerating. I don't think he really believes that he he wishes he had cancer. I don't think he really believes the world would be better without him. I, I think he does have periods where he feels depressed and kind of goes back and forth between like being a complete asshole and uh, you know screwing over whoever he feels like and feeling guilty. I think he probably does have that back and forth. But uh, at the same time, I think a lot of this, I think he tweets this stuff because he wants people to say back, oh, come on, Matt, it's not that bad. You're a good guy. You're a good poker player. Come on, you'll get over it. Like, Or, or he just likes people talking about him. He just likes these threads that are made up about him on 2 Plus 2. So, um, yeah. He has some kind of real real problems, and I, I think something will happen in not too long did, of a time. Did it ever did anybody ever say why he had two black eyes and a fat lip in the picture that he posted? No. I at least I, if he did I, I'm not completely following him. I kinda got bored of him a while back with all his antics. At first I was reporting on all these antics, but then I, I kinda got bored for a while and stopped following anything he was doing. He actually protected his tweets, which is funny enough, but I'm still on there, even though he doesn't like me anymore. But uh, I, I see his tweets, but I don't, I don't really pay attention. The, but, you know, he's saying now he wishes he had cancer and was dying, so I, I, I thought that was worth mentioning here, just because we've mentioned it before on the show. But uh, someone said in the chat room he's one huge pity party after another, and that's true. And uh, he has serious mental issues, likely borderline personality disorder, and he could. He has some kind of disorder. He's not... Uh, He's not a normal guy. He's not a normal kid. I think some of it may be hereditary that he just isn't normal naturally, and then I think some of it was caused by his parents spoiling him. I just, uh, I've just i always believed that uh, 
you can really, really harm your kid if you give them too much, if you spoil them, if you make them think that everything just comes to them naturally. They, the kids always have to feel like they have to earn things, that they have to, um, that the world doesn't just come to them, that they have to coexist with other people. And if you get the feeling that the world revolves around you, and you live 20, 21, 22 years of your life believing that, it's very hard to change once you're an adult. You should learn these lessons when you're four years old or, or, or younger. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, um, you know, I, I, I can tell you, um, no matter how much money that, that I would end up having, even if I had a billion dollars, which I'll never have, but even if I had a billion dollars, um, I, I wouldn't be spoiling Benjamin. I, I wouldn't be giving him everything he wanted or buying him everything he wanted. It, it would be damaging. You just don't do that. So, I, I have a feeling that, that uh, Matt's parents did that, and I, I think this has harmed him maybe irreparably. And now, now he's in this world of poker where it's not a healthy place to be if you're not mentally sound. So, yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of, uh, I guess more poker news. Do we t- we haven't spoken about Brandon Cantu yet, have we? No, we haven't. It's an in- interesting story. Brandon Cantu, uh, he was a UB pro, and you would think I would hate him for this. You would think that I'd say, Brandon Cantu's an asshole, I hate him. You, you would think I'd treat him like, like Joe Seabach or Prahlad Friedman, one of these uh, UB guys, but I don't, and that's because Brandon Cantu really had no idea. I mean, I, I, I can tell you, Brandon can tell you that Brandon Cantu here, uh, he wore the UB patch but had no clue what he was wearing, knew very little about the whole thing, actually asked people I know to tell him about the UB scandal. <laughs> he, uh, he honestly was just one of these guys who wanted to play poker, wanted to go to strip clubs like a degenerate, and then kind of just tune everything else out. It wasn't, like, it wasn't even like he knew that UB was really bad and just didn't want to hear it. He just didn't know. He just like was so out of touch. And didn't know, but that's, that's not what this is about. I'm just prefacing it here that uh, I, I don't really have anything against Brandon Cantu, and in fact, I played with him last year at the World Series, and um, at, he was wearing a UB cap, and I almost said something to him, and I'm like, no, no, you know, I, I've heard about him, I, I know his story. He really, he doesn't know what he's doing. And uh, well, let me ask you, what about like other former UB lower level people? Like uh, I'll throw three names at you, and you can just tell me your, your opinion. Maria Ho. Hollywood Dave, Tiffany Michelle. Okay, uh, Maria Ho, uh, she I, she knew a little bit. I mean, she, Maria Ho is a, a bright girl. She uh, she's she's kind of more smart outside of poker than Brandon Cantu is. Brandon Cantu, like you know, he's someone who who who's good at poker, but but in other things of life is kind of out of it. Uh, the, Maria Ho is a smart girl, and and she I don't think she spent a lot of time researching the whole UB stuff. Or, so would you call her out though if you saw her in public? Yeah, if I just saw her, no. If she was wearing a UB cap, yes, uh, because uh, she's smart enough not to do that. She's okay. she's smart enough not uh, uh, to know what she's doing. And and when she did sign on with them, she knew very well that she was signing on with a shady company. She probably didn't know all the details, but she, she I I believe she knew. Uh, Hollywood Dave, um, you know, I like him personally. I I think that uh, the the kind of like douchebag punk uh, young punk thing that he tries to play himself off as on TV. 
The uh, bad boy of poker. Jeff. Yeah, the bad boy of poker. Like they, they, that's all an act. Like he's actually a nice guy in person. I actually like him in I mean, person. He was clearly very aware, though. Oh we yeah, he was. Uh, had no clue. Hollywood Dave was very aware. He, he, he was aware, and uh, he he was never a major figure on that site. But uh, that was the one thing I just have never liked about Hollywood Dave was his whole association with UB and his refusal to give it up. And this and this was someone who was very aware of. Uh, you know, he he wrote a book, in fact. Uh, about uh, how casinos deceive people into thinking that they have a chance of winning. Very true stuff about casinos and how shady they are. And then yet he represented UB, and I, I never understood that, and I, I always didn't agree with that, and, and I told him that. I told him that publicly on the radio. I tell him privately when I would talk to him. Um, you know, I, I didn't make that the entire basis of our conversations, or else, you know, that's... Uh, be unpleasant for us to hang around with each other, but uh, you know, I, I was very clear with my feelings on that. I still feel that way. Um, I've said it publicly and privately. I, I think How- Hollywood Dave uh, he made a mistake, and and he shouldn't uh, he should never have been part of it. And and he did know what he was getting into, and I I still don't know why he did it. I still don't know why he didn't quit, and he should have. And other than that, um, you know, I've Hollywood Dave. From everything I've seen, is a good guy, and when I've when I've hung out with him in person, you know, he's a nice guy. He's a, I have nothing bad to say about him except his UB association and his friendship with Annie Duke, and he kind of can't see the truth with it. But uh, whatever, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to use this to bash former UB pros. Uh, who, who's the third one? Well, Tiffany Michelle. Oh, Tiffany Michelle. She she's kind of like in the Maria Ho camp, though. I I, I think Maria Ho is smarter than Tiffany. But, but Tiffany, you know, for all her, uh, you know, a lot of people think Tiffany Michelle is stupid, and she's not. Tiffany Michelle is not a dumb girl either, and, and she knew what she was getting into as well. But, uh, you know, Tiffany Michelle has always been all about promoting herself. That's always been the most important thing in Tiffany Michelle's life. And uh, she could do it through UB, and that's what she chose to do, and she didn't really care about, uh, you know, what she was promoting. And, uh, again, that was wrong. The the only one I, I really totally let off the hook for this is... Uh, or not totally, but mostly let off the hook is Brandon Cantu because I mean this guy was truthfully ignorant and not even like willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant. He just he just honestly didn't know and and, uh, and didn't really care. He just kind of didn't pay attention. And it's not an excuse. I'm not saying you should promote shady sites if you're willing to be ignorant to it. But this is just someone that's in his personality to just not really know and to not really care and not really want to follow it. So um, anyway. Uh, getting to what happened with Brandon Cantu here, it had nothing to do with UB, but I just wanted to preface it because I, I don't want people to think that I, I'm just trying to pick on Cantu here um, or, or talk about him just because of his UB association. Uh, Brandon Cantu was at the World Series of Poker Europe, and he was playing the $10,000 Mix Max tournament. Now, they had this at the World Series in the U.S. this year, and it's a tournament where uh, you start out nine-handed and then they keep lowering the number of people at the table as it moves on. It moves from nine-handed to six-handed to eventually heads-up. And when I say heads-up, I don't mean, like, heads-up to the final two people. I mean heads-up uh, before it gets to the final two people. So it kind of moves from a nine-handed tournament all the way down to, like, a, uh, a heads-up tournament. Anyway, um, they played this at the World Series of Poker Europe, and it got down, the final two people were Brandon Cantu and someone else we've talked about a whole lot on this show, John Aguirre. John Aguiar, the one who Seth Polanski retweeted, was a bitch. That was, that was Seth actually talking about that. That was really Seth talking about uh, Jonathan Aguiar being a bitch and uh, tweeting that. So Jonathan Aguiar, of, of that fame, actually 
won that tournament. He won his first bla- bracelet. And uh, he also is the one who runs that radio show Occupy Poker, which kind of has a similar theme to this show without the degeneracy, kind of a, a show that to talk about the shady things in poker. And, uh, you know, I, so I support other shows like that existing. I think it's great for the word to get out about uh, things or people in poker that uh, aren't on the level. But anyway, Jonathan Aguiar beat Brandon Cantu heads up. So what's the big deal? You know, people beat them... People beat others heads up all the time for bracelets. Well, what happened here was that the heads up match had to be stopped. At five in the morning, the casino where this took place, uh, it's at Cannes, the uh, Casino Barriere. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, They close at five. I'm not sure if it's a legal thing, like they have to close at five, or that's just their closing time. But it's not like Las Vegas where everything's 24-7. They actually close at five. You can't continue gambling after five in the morning there. So they were still playing heads up, and at 5 a.m. they were not done, and they had to close. They had to stop. So, you know, nobody disagreed with that. That's, That's the rule of the casino. The problem is, what do you do from that point? Now, at that point, Brandon Cantu was killing it. He was winning every hand. He was running Jonathan Aguiar over. Brandon Cantu has a very, very aggressive play style. They call him any two Cantu. I've watched him play. He's played at my World Series table, like, semi-deep in events, and I watch him just shoot off or risk his entire stack in crazy spots. This guy's very difficult to play against because you never know what he has. He could be totally bluffing you. He could be semi-bluffing you. He could have the nuts. You never know. So while you can get rich very quickly off of him, he can also just destroy you and you can never get a read on him. It's very tough to play against this guy. And that's why he does well sometimes. Uh, so he was running over Jonathan Aguiar and they had like a live feed of this heads up match and, and everyone was pretty much in agreement that Cantu was playing better at that point and that he really had Aguiar on the ropes and he really looked like uh, not only was the momentum his way card wise but just the whole way that heads up match was going it was pretty likely he was going to win the bracelet well but then 5 o'clock struck and they had to stop now there's nothing you can do about that but the question is when do you continue well, Cantu wanted to continue as soon as possible. And Aguiar said, no, 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 I don't want to continue as soon as possible because tomorrow is the World Series of Poker Europe main event, day 1B. And I guess that was the, the last day he could play. So he said, I don't want to miss day 1B of the main event. I've already missed 1A. And if I don't play that, I'm not going to be able to play the main event, so I want to play the main event tomorrow, which is kind of like the same day, because it's 5 in the morning, so, you know, a little bit later that day, he wants to play the main event, and then the day after that, Aguiar wanted to finish this heads-up match. Well, Cantu said absolutely not. We should resume this heads-up match as soon as we both go home, you know, go to sleep, wake up, and uh, you know, come back in a reasonable amount of time, not wait another full day beyond that. And they, they argued about it, and the World Series of Poker Europe ruled that they would continue the day after. So there would be a day and a half in between them stopping heads-up play and continuing it. And Cantu was very unhappy about that. Then Jonathan Aguiar came back a day and a half later, played him a hell of a lot better, and beat him. And Aguiar won the bracelet. And Cantu was furious because he felt that Aguiar had extra time to go research about him on the internet, talk to friends who had played with Cantu before, and spend a day and a half to come up with the right strategy to beat Cantu heads up when he was really having a hard time with him before that. So uh, uh, before I give my opinion on this, uh, um, I'm going to play him talking to a Poker News reporter about what happened here, 
and about how he feels that this wasn't just a bad ruling, that the World Series is actually out to get him. Yeah, well, the whole tournament, uh, it didn't play out as I would like, obviously. I think it was one of the, it's the most robbed I've ever been of a bracelet. In fact, it's the only time I could ever say I've ever been robbed in a tournament. What the World Series did to um, to reschedule it and let it, let him play everything under his terms, uh, under his conditions, pretty much just gave gave him the tournament. When when we ended a play, which it was supposed to end on um, day whatever a few days ago. When, when we ended at five a.m., fine. The casino closed. I understand that. I mean, I. I and just to run you back in that, for anybody who didn't see it on the live stream, it was one of the best performances maybe in the history of the World Series. I mean, I, I just destroyed him. He didn't win a hand. He- now, i gotta, I got to stop it right there. I, I couldn't believe when he said that. If you weren't watching it, it was one of the best performances in the history of the World Series. He's talking about himself. You never say that about yourself, even if it's true. It's a really obnoxious thing to say. What do you guys think? Well, he, I mean, he, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I mean... The thing is, he has a great point here, and he's absolutely correct, but his presentation is about as bad as it can get, and saying things like that are just going to focus in on how big of a douche you're being and completely eliminate the point that you're trying to make. Yeah, I I actually feel that way, too. I'll I'll get more into that after the video, but I I agree with you, Jason. Uh, here, let's listen to the. Re- I just had to stop and make a comment there. It was also kind of funny where he talked about how he's never felt more cheated. I said um, he probably didn't play very much on UB then. He. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was actually laughable. And um, then you give a kid like this who has no chance, no chance to win, <laughs> you give him, I say, I'll play anytime tomorrow. You know, he's tired. We're, on, we're going into what day? It's day five or day six of a tournament. Um, you give somebody enough, uh, enough time to prepare, go talk to everybody. I make, I make my case uh, with the World Series that we, you know, I'm fine. The casino closes. We can play anytime, uh, anytime tomorrow. He's like, no, I gotta play the main. You know, I, I just don't get. I just don't get how you could let a kid go home, prepare, like one of those internet kids, go let him run through all of his notes, talk to every single person in poker, get his read on everything. How how you could allow that to happen and not make him play the next day? I was fine playing it any time, any time the next day. Instead, you're giving somebody complete rest. I mean, all the rest in the world. The kid couldn't even hold his eyes open. The day yeah, so I'm going to stop him here. He brings up another good point here, and that is that not only does he get to go back and research on how to better play Cantu heads up but and talk to friends and get advice from them and all that, but he also gets to rest. And when you're getting beat down in poker, and everybody listening to this show who's played poker before has gotten beat down at some point in poker where just every single hand you lose. No matter what you do, you cannot win a freaking hand. And you just feel like like you're never going to win a hand again in your life. That's the feeling you get. All of us have had that. And All right, hold very... on, time out. Radio is out. Oh, no one is hearing us. What a fail. It, it, should be, <laughs> it should be back. Yeah, it says back. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that, people. Let me, let me say that again. Uh, I apologize in the archives if you hear me say it twice. But uh, I, I was saying that uh, the point that... Uh, that he made here is a good one in that it's not just about being able to research the way Cantu plays. It's also that, uh, you know, when you're losing, when you're getting beat down and you're feeling so demoralized and so worn out and worn down and frustrated, the more time you have to recover from that and to get over that feeling, the better. And having a day and a half rather than a half a day to get over it is a big difference. So he comes back much more fresh and he comes back, uh, 
much more emotionally stable than he would be if it was just like a 12-hour break. So, uh, I mean, any break is good for you if you're getting beat down like that, but, but a day and a half and a half a day are a huge difference uh, when you're in that spot and losing every hand. So uh, he he does bring up a good point there. Uh, and in fact, you know, as Jacob said, and I, I agree with Jacob, I, I think Cantu, putting aside his obnoxiousness here and, and uh, what you'll hear next, the conspiracy theory stuff, I, I think he has a very good point that he got screwed here, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Before, you know, it, it's... It's awful. It's whatever happens in the World Series. Anytime I have a complaint, the World Series always rules against me. I don't know what I have done to these people. It just, it just really pisses me off. From, from the time that, from the first ruling, everybody thinks all these rulings don't matter. You're letting a kid from the time when I Helmuth, he wouldn't, I couldn't get him to move over three inches at the final table earlier this year, to the time where. Uh, to the time where Roger, not only does Roger, he, he almost won the match because of this. Me and Roger are sitting behind him. He can't win. He, he instead calls time to have, to have our chips moved so he gets a completely, he's one of the best, first of all, he's one of the best live players there is. He's getting a whole different angle at me. He moves to, to, to my, completely my left, asks for a dealer change. Thank God they didn't give him. They didn't pull the dealer out of the box for him. You know, it's it's just every in all just because he says that the rail can see. Well, at the at the World Series, the rail can see everything. You know, it's that that right there completely changes that match. Then I have to face like what? Thank God they got this one right. The dealer in the first in the second match that like held it up for 30 minutes. I have a dealer that was just blatantly lying. We get into a hand where Roger, on the turn, checks, or he goes, I check, actually it's on, and he pats his hand down on the table and goes, actually it's on you. I go, check. And then, and then the dealer, who, there's no way, for, Roger may, could have missed it because he's in the heat of the moment, but the dealer then, then go, and the dealer goes, he never checked, it's on you. When the dealer is staring right at him, he, there's no way in, in hell he could have ever missed him checking. Yeah, I, I don't understand this Roger stuff. It must have been some other opponent he was playing before Jonathan Aguiar, and he was talking about how uh, you know, they, they they reconfigured the table because Roger complained, and they they almost changed the dealer, and the, he thinks the dealer now was trying to uh, pretend like he didn't hear him check. Uh, this is starting to get now into the realm of complaining just for the sake of complaining, and and just finding every reason to believe you're being persecuted. Now, let me let me give you my feelings on this on this so far. Um, recall who his opponent was. His opponent was not Phil Helmuth, who would expect you'd expect might get some favorable treatment. I believe his story that he couldn't get Phil to move over when he was occupying his space. Because, you know, Phil Helmuth, I, I've seen it myself. Phil Helmuth gets favorable treatment in the World Series, as do other A-list pros. And people who are not of that status uh, don't get favorable treatment. And that's just a fact of the World Series. It's, it's too bad it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. Uh, but, but keep in mind, Brandon Cantu's final opponent, the one that he's really frustrated about is Jonathan Aguiar. Jonathan Aguiar, the same guy who's blocked from the World Series of Poker Tournament director's Twitter. The same guy who the World Series of Poker communications director, Seth Polanski, retweeted was a bitch. Isn't that right, Seth? So, so, um... This is not the guy who's ever going to get any kind of favorable treatment from the World Series. If Jonathan Aguiar was the one complaining that he got screwed, that they ruled against him just because they hate him, I would actually think maybe they did. I'd think maybe they were just trying to do whatever they could to make him lose, because they hate Jonathan Aguiar. I, I can guarantee you that the current brass of the World Series, if they were asked to name one guy that they really do not like at the World Series, 
uh, as far as players go, they would say Jonathan Aguiar. Seth Trust, do you think it might be an instance of the squeaky wheel getting the grease where they don't want to have another Jonathan Aguiar issue on their hands? You know, I, 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 I don't know. It's possible. But I, I don't think so. I think if they could make a, a fair ruling that most people would agree with that uh, that happens to, to uh, go against Aguiar, I think that uh, I have a feeling that they would have done it. In, in fact, I, I don't know. I can't speak for them. I mean, you, you bring up an interesting point. But but anyway, I, I just don't think that Jonathan Aguiar, of all people, is ever going to get favorable treatment. So um, Cantu was saying every time there's a ruling, every time there's anything at the World Series, it just never goes for him. It always seems like they're working against him in some way. They're always conspiring against him. And he goes on about how they're, they're you know, this Roger guy, that they did whatever he wanted, that the dealer was, was doing things to mess with him, that, uh, you know, that this thing happened with, with Aguiar. This is what I really think happened. I think that they get to 5 a.m., they can't play anymore, and Aguiar says, crap, I want to play the main event. Why should I not be able to play the main event just because this ran over the time that uh, it was supposed to run? I I should be able to play the main event. We can restart this anytime. There's nothing magical about uh, starting the same day. So uh, why don't we just delay this until we can both play and not have this conflicting with anything and and do that? And Cantu brought up the very good point that I agree with, that uh, this should go... As soon as you can. It's, it's fine to let everyone go back and sleep, get a little bit of rest, come back, maybe 12 hours, but that you shouldn't give them an additional day to totally get rested and to do research on you. That it's not fair to stop a heads-up match for that long and, and allow someone to get that unfair advantage, if, if, especially if they're getting beat down. But it, just in general, a heads-up match, it, it should theoretically just continue and continue and continue until it's over, but if that becomes not feasible, you should make it as close to that as possible, meaning give someone... Enough time to rest and get back there, but that's it. No research, no no uh, extended period of time to get their head on straight. None, none of that. Should crap. they be Should they be sequestered? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe bring the sequestering back. Yeah, that uh, maybe have a guard standing by them, make sure they don't talk to anybody. I mean, Jeff, I'm kind of going off of memory here, and you might actually know the answer to this question. But didn't an almost identical situation happen in this event with Joseph Chung? Yes. Yes. World Series. Yes. Was it identical or was it reverse? It, it was. It was kind of reverse, wasn't it? Where 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 uh, Joseph Chung, Brandon, I, I think you remember it the best. Uh, what what way do you remember this, Brandon? Well, the way I remember, it, they agreed to postpone it, but the World Series of Poker wouldn't let them. Um, and said they had had to play it out the next day, I believe. And it was a situation where Joseph Chung just advanced very very quickly. And they kept telling him, come back at this time, come back at this time. And, you know, I, I, I remember it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and that's when they finally had his match. And, and then he had started playing, I believe it was like a 1500 or 2K no limit event, and he asked if they could just play tomorrow. and Or it might have even been the day after. And the person that uh, he was playing against agreed as well, but the World Series would not allow it, even though both parties agreed to take the the next day off. Right, right. That so, that was really yeah. bad. I remember that now. That that uh, that wasn't a, a problem between two players. Where where and the World Series even cited some rule, some gaming law. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was that they couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, right. They where cited the... some gaming law saying that they could not allow them to take a day off. Which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in that case, both players want to take a day off, and the World Series just said, "Tough luck, you can't," which was ridiculous. In this case, uh, they did have to rule on one person or the other because both players were not in agreement. But um, I think that for sure. 
Um, you don't start worrying about whether someone can play the main event if they're heads up for a bracelet for you know for that amount of money for for a bracelet you know if it happens to run that long I'll tell you I'll be happy to miss any main event or any tournament if I'll be heads up for a bracelet and uh, I, I while it would be nice to play all the tournaments that you want to play uh, sometimes you just do miss other tournaments because you're you get really deep in 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 one that you're already playing and uh, you just shouldn't ruin the integrity of a heads up match by by making a day and a half wait between when you end and when you restart. And and so Cantu has a great point here. I don't think they did this because they were screwing with him or because they hate him or because there's a conspiracy. I don't even think they did this because they were trying to pacify Jonathan Aguiar who who complains a lot whenever things are, are wrong. But by the way, Aguiar every time he complains about something, he seems to be right on. So he's not he's not a whiner. He's someone who actually brings up good points and just is vocal about them. So I I don't want people to think I'm accusing Aguiar of whining because he he's he's a voice for the players and and I think that's great and and I try to be that too. So but anyway, I believe that Cantu was in the right here that they should have started after like you know having enough time to go to sleep and come back. But that's it, like a 12 hour sort of break and. Um, I think it was just a bad decision, and I think now he's taking this as everyone's out to get him. Let's listen to the last minute of this interview. I, I just I don't I don't get it. How here here it comes in. I'm go, I'm about to get ruled against. I had to go through four floors, and uh, and supposedly they say video cameras don't work. The rule, and thank God there's audio here in in the casino. And you know everybody thinks I'm an asshole for like always like wanting everything in in the right way. It, it's just I don't know why every. I, I have a ruling I get ruled against. I mean, I was saved by video cameras this time, thank God, but, like, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. Well, maybe we will talk to the WSOP tournament directors and see sort of their opinion on why why they let it go on this long. It's an- no, last thing. How, how in the hell can you let a match... How, how can you not play it the next day? I just... How can you let him, because no, I'm playing the main. Like, how can you let it skip? And nobody even will understand. Everybody's going to think I'm complaining because they don't understand psychology of the game. I got f***ing robbed. <laughs> wow. Almost yeah. sounds like he's going to cry. I, I know, right at the end. I got fucking robbed. That, that's what it sounded like. And if you watch in the video, it looks like he's about to cry, and he like walks away. I, I wouldn't be surprised if tears were rolling down his face as, as he walked away there. And... Um, so this is, as Jason put it very well, this is a case of someone who's actually right about what happened to him here, not about the conspiracy stuff, but is presenting this very poorly, and is a, you know he's com- coming off a combination of like arrogant and paranoid. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna, um, I just want to warn everybody here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, reconfigure something here, and uh, uh, there's, there's a chance we may get a cut here, but yeah, we, we won't. I, I hope we can. Uh, are we? Let's see if we're still on here. Um, I hope we are. Can you guys hear me? I don't know what the problem no. is. Here. Hold on. Okay. Um, okay. Why, why are we having these problems? Do you have any idea? I, I have to move rooms here. No, we're we're back on now. Oh, is it the same thing as? Okay. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, you know, I would need to research more and find out more information. Uh, I mean, none of it's excusable that they would not come back the next day. But cutting it off at a certain time, as I mentioned, uh, many casinos, uh, especially overseas, have government-mandated times in which casinos must close. 
So I could understand if that was the reason why they cut it short that night. Um, but I think it's inexcusable that they would postpone it an extra day just so Aguilar could play the uh, main event. It's just it's preposterous to me. There's the casinos right here. Florida, I believe, is the same way where they close at 5 a.m. and you can't come back um, to play. But what what seems like a big issue here is that the scheduling of this particular event, since it always seems to have a long-running issue, why is it scheduled to be back-to-back with the main event? Why can't it kick off the series? That way they're missing a $2,500 PLO tournament instead of the main event. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, they definitely should uh, make sure that the schedule, since it is so important to people not to miss the main event, that the scheduling does not conflict and that if they have to leave an extra day in between as a buffer just in case, then do it. I don't think I don't think anyone's going to really object that they have to take one additional day before the main event starts to make sure all the other tournaments are finished. And, uh, you know, people who want to travel just for the main event, then they could just travel one day later and they move their whole trip back one day. Uh, I think this is just another case of poor planning on the World Series part. And then they made an asinine decision by letting... You know, can't letting Aguiar take an extra day, and I don't think Aguiar was necessarily looking to do research on on Cantu and, and wanting it for that reason. I believe legitimately he wanted to play the main event. And, and Brandon told me on the phone when, it, when we were talking about this before the show, he said, "Hey, why doesn't uh, if Aguiar wants to play the main event so badly, he probably starts with a lot of chips. The blinds are probably low. Why doesn't he just?" That's what I said event. before. Yeah, just, that's, that's, you know. yeah, I was saying that you said it to me. Why don't you just uh, let it, uh, just let your chips blind off, and maybe you'll lose a few thousand in chips. Maybe you'll start with twenty-seven thousand instead of thirty thousand, but at least you don't miss it. Like that, that's always an option too. And no answer about that from them. Like they, I just think they made a very poor decision. All they could see was that Aguiar was saying, "I want to play the main event. I want to play the main event. This isn't fair to me." And they're like, "Oh, okay." Well, okay, you're right. You shouldn't miss the main because of this. Okay, well, we we should just schedule it for the first off day, and, and just really not considering everything else that came into this. Not considering that Heads Up really does have momentum. That a large part of Heads Up success has to do with getting into your opponent's head, uh, getting on streaks that they don't know what to do about. You know, tilting them, things like that. And you you can't have that if there if there's a lot of breaks in between, and and it's not fair, and it kind of corrupts the whole Heads Up match and makes it not what it was supposed to be. And it's, if it's inevitable, you have to take a break, either because people need to sleep or because uh, the casino's closing, fine, but minimize the downtime. And they, they didn't. Druff, did you see that these two guys have agreed to play each other heads up for the difference between first and second at yes. the uh, Festa Al Lago, I think? Yeah, that's interesting. They actually agreed to, as you just said, they took whatever the difference was between first and second and... Uh, agreed to have a heads-up match for that. And I, th- I thought that was uh, nice of Aguiar to do, uh, because he obviously he doesn't have to. And Cantu didn't actually get cheated out of a bracelet, because it's not like uh, it's not like they were playing on UB and Aguiar was looking at his hole cards. They were still playing a regular poker match. The only difference was that uh, Aguiar got to rest and Aguiar got to research his opponent. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cantu also could have known that and changed up his play style. But the... Uh, Definitely Cantu got screwed here, but you can't say he was cheated out of a bracelet. You can't say that uh, 
this wasn't an honest win for Aguiar that you should, should have an asterisk or anything like that. It was just a bad decision that gave an advantage to Aguiar that he shouldn't have had. But uh, it was still a fairly won bracelet. And uh, But Aguiar, I think that was a class thing to do, to say, okay, uh, I'll play you for the difference in money. And I know it's not just the money, it's the bracelet too, But uh, and that yeah. you can't uh, get back. But at least he says, hey, I'm, I'm going to play you heads up. And as far as I know, I don't think Aguiar is like usually a high-stakes cash player like that, is he? No, he's a tournament player. Yeah, yeah. So Just tournaments. So it's not like some guy who's used to playing for that amount of money, you know, in cash and, and doesn't care. This is someone who probably... And I know, believe that's his first... I'm, I'm almost positive that's his first bracelet, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. So so I, I think that's nice of him to do as kind of a... Uh, a consolation here is kind of a way to make Cantu feel better about it and say, okay, you know, we'll just... Uh, we'll play a, a cash heads-up match for this amount of money. A freeze out, and uh, you know, yes, it'll be different circumstances, different cards, and all that. But uh, at least he's willing to play him again, and not just say, "Ah, I beat you." That's it. Goodbye. So, um, I can see Cantu's point, though. But, but boy, is that poorly presented, and it's not getting a, it's not getting a good reaction on two plus two, or anywhere else in poker because of uh, some of the statements he made there. But it's one of the best performances of all time. I mean, you want to talk about best performances of all time? You can talk about things like, uh, like the grinder winning that uh, 50k tournament uh, two out of three years, or uh, um, you know, Greg Raymer making, uh, you know, winning the 2004 World Series and then going out to be like 20th the next year at the main event. Yeah, I mean, th- those those are some great performances. The Jeff Jeff Alessandro winning three bracelets, uh, Phil Ivey. Even, yeah, I was just going to say Ivy's accomplishments. Yeah, I mean, those those are some of the best performances. If you want to talk about Phil Helmuth, you could say over, you know a period of time of how many times he's cashed and all the bracelets he's won. Those, those you could say are great performances in poker tournament history. Not, you, you don't go out and say that about yourself because you happen to be beating a guy repeatedly in hands, heads up, and you kind of have him on tilt and not knowing what to do. I, I believe Cantu, when he said that he had the edge there, whether he probably would have won if this wasn't stopped. And uh, I, I believe that the way he was characterizing the match was probably fairly close to accurate, but you you just don't say that. You don't come out and brag about how you were killing someone heads up and it was one of the best poker performances ever. I mean, you just got to have some humility here. So, All right. Uh, let's see. What else uh, do we have to talk about tonight? Um, Did we... I think that's all the poker stuff, isn't it? Oh, no, no. One, one other thing. Mm-hmm. The black chip poker situation. Uh, Black Chip Poker is a skin on Merge Network. And the Merge Network, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's the biggest U.S.-facing poker network. And it's a, just like the name Merge, it's kind of a merging of a bunch of different sites that feed into it. Some are sites that allow U.S. players, some don't allow U.S. players. But, uh, you know, the biggest skins are like Carbon, that's the biggest one. Uh, Lock used to be a very big skin, but they left the network. And then there's some smaller skins like like Hero Poker and uh, RPM Poker, Black Chip Poker, etc. Tons of skins on Merge. Even this one called Gutshot that uh, cheated everyone. We've talked about it on recent shows. But uh, right. Black Chip Poker. Haha ha, Poker, sponsor of Joseph Hashem. That's right. So there's a lot of Merge skins. Uh, Black Chip Poker got to be infamous among owners of other skins for something known as poaching. And I said this earlier in the show. Poaching is when 
a skin contacts players that play on other skins and try to get them to leave that skin and come to black chip. So that's, that's what they're accused of doing. Now, why would these players leave? Why would anyone say, you know, if you're playing on one skin, why bother to leave and go to another if it's all the same thing? Well, the way it cannot be the same thing is if you're getting extra rake back. Because uh, Merge, in order to prevent this poaching, made a rule a long time ago that the most rake back you can get for playing on the Merge network is 35%. It doesn't matter how much additional rake back the owner of that skin wants to give you, he's not allowed to by Merge rules. He absolutely has to stick to the 35% maximum for, for rake back. Well, Black Chip Poker and many other skins, Lock Poker did this, in fact, really blatantly, uh, started to give extra rake back and would disguise it as bonuses or would just give transfers under the table. They did it in a number of different ways, but what they would say is, uh, you know, the word would get around. So, like, you'd be playing at a cash game. Let's say you're a cash grinder. You're, you're sitting here playing... Uh, 10-20 limit hold them all day and all night. And finally, one of the other players who sees you all the time there with him says, hey, let me talk to you on AIM. So you get on AIM with a guy, and he goes, hey, how much rake back are you getting? You go, well, I'm getting 35% on carbon. Well, how would you like 60% rake back? You go, whoa, 60%, but how can I get that? I thought the maximum was 35. Well, come on over to Black Chip Poker or Lock Poker or wherever other, you know, whatever other skin is allowing this, and we'll transfer you extra rake back, secret under the table rake back, that um, allows you to essentially get the 60% rake back. So you'll get the normal 35%, and then you'll get a transfer later on that is equal to another 25%, that disguised as a, disguised as a gift or just a, or just a regular transfer between players. But the bottom line is when it's all said and done, you've gotten 60% rake back. Well, as a player, who wouldn't do that? I mean, you get the offer for extra rake back, for a lot of extra rake back. Who wouldn't do that as a player? And I don't even blame players who do this, because it, this isn't the player's problem. The player should always take the deal that's best for him. It's, it's not up to the player to enforce merge rules or, or stick to merge rules. If you can find a skin that's willing to give you more rake back, great. Well, the ones I feel bad for in the situation are the other skins who are trying to follow the rules. And, you know, one of the arguments I heard about players that did steroids in baseball in the 90s and the early 2000s it was that, that they felt they had to because if they didn't do steroids, then they were not on an even playing field with the ones that were. So if the pitcher's doing steroids and you're a hitter that doesn't do it, you're going to strike out against him and, and you know hit for a poor average and hardly hit any home runs, you're going to be released. So the only way to compete against the pitchers on steroids, you've got to be a hitter on steroids. And then you know the pitchers feel the same way, and then it, you know, the whole thing becomes a mess and everybody's on steroids. Well, that's pretty much what happened to the Merge Network, is that most of the skins realized that they had to compete with the poachers. So... Even skins that didn't want to give additional rake back felt forced to have to do it when their best players would approach them and say, hey, give me additional rake back. They would. I, I don't know of a single skin on Merge, at least one that, at least not a single skin that was uh, of any decent size, that didn't have players on it with secret rake back deals. I mean, every single skin you can think of that uh, is somewhat known on the Merge Network. I don't mean the tiny ones, but any skin you could think of. I, I know people who are getting additional secret rakeback because they would approach the people running those Merge skins and say, you got to give this to me or I'm leaving and going to Black Chip or Lock or wherever else. And so they'd feel forced they have to. But anyway, Black Chip eventually poached so many players, allegedly, 
that a lot of skins were just decimated. Where they're, they're cash players. Because the way these sites make the most money is from the cash players who grind all day and all night. That's where they make the big money. Not really from the tournament players that much because there's overlays and other costs. They really make the money from the cash players. And once you take away a few really, really active high-stakes cash players from a small skin or a medium skin, that just kills them. Absolutely kills them. So there was a revolt going on on the Merge Network, where the Merge Network just decided that, you know, where they, Merge was trying not to get involved. Merge was just trying to say, nothing we can do, sorry. We're, we're not getting involved. We're not policing transfers back and forth. If, if you can prove to us, if you can bring us proof that, that Black Chip or these other skins are, are breaking the rules, fine, we'll do something about it. If you can't prove it and it's just like an under-the-table thing, there's nothing we can do and we're not going to look at people's transfers and police it. And uh, this became a big problem. And at first they were all focused on Lock, and everybody hated Lock Poker for doing this because Lock Poker was doing a lot of poaching. But then Lock Poker left the network, and there was no longer a problem with Lock. Uh, but then Black Chip quickly rose to the top of the poaching uh, problem, and uh, there was really a lot of uh, a lot of unhappiness on the part of owners of smaller and medium merge skins that were threatening to leave the network. They were really, really up in arms. And I, I know this for a fact. I'm not just guessing this. I'm, I know this for a fact. There was really a lot of uh, bad blood existing between the merge skins, and the ones that were more or less trying to follow the rules were really focusing on black chip. First lock and then black chip for ones that need to be punished by merge, and merge was not punishing them. And they were basically saying, look, we're, we're following the rules here, and we're getting screwed. So, so what ended up happening was Merge finally took action because they were about to have a major revolt on their hands from the other skins. And Merge took action with, with uh, something that looks like it's going to be very effective by threatening skins with a fine of $25,000 per player for poaching. If you're caught poaching and giving secret rake back, a $25,000 fine per player as decided by Merge. Because remember, this isn't something they need to prove in a court of law. Merge can just say, yep, we determined you were poaching here. That's $25,000 off what we're going to send you. So, Black Chip has since canceled their secret rakeback and converted everybody to the regular VIP program. There are some accusations that Black Chip knew about this coming down for longer than they indicated they did and that they waited as long as possible to milk these players till the last second, and then pulled the rug out onto them and said, sorry, you're not going to get your additional rake back. I don't know if that's true. That's a, there's an accusation being leveled upon that uh, you know, on 2 plus 2, and also on, on my site has been reposted, but I, I don't know if that's true. But uh, I do know it's true that there was a major revolt going on on Merge against Black Chip, and that there is this threat now of the $25,000 fine if they don't get this extra rake back. And um, you know, the reason you can you may ask why were they not policing this extra rake back? Because it's it, it would be an easy thing to police. Like you you would just look and see if there's a player routinely getting transfers from the owner of a skin. Obviously, it's extra rake back. Well, the problem is the the other owners of the skins, compl- yeah, the owners of the skins that were poaching were complaining. Look, I don't want you scrutinizing my transfers because you know I transfer money to personal friends, I transfer money to people who do uh, promotional work for us. Uh, you know, I don't want every one of my transfers to be looked at as me giving fake rake back or you know secret rake back. So 
and and Merge said, all right, you're right. You know, we should we shouldn't try to put an intention upon every transfer that gets done. We can't figure it out. You may be transferring something money every week because of a secret rakeback, or maybe it's for a legitimate reason. You know what? We're just not even going to get involved. That used to be their uh, the, the way they handled it. This, this was their position on it. That we're we're just not going to really be policing this unless you have hard proof to bring us. The burden of proof is on you, other skins, to bring proof that people that other skins are poaching. But now Merge finally decided we're going to do something because we're about to lose everyone. Everyone's about to to run off, and uh, we're having a revolt on our network, and we have to do something. Uh, speaking of a uh, a revolt. Dodgers are trying to make a revolt against the their season ending. They were down four to one after six and a half innings. They came up with two in the seventh, but are still down four to three in the eighth. Cincinnati won over St. Louis, so the Dodgers can live one more day if they can do something now in the bottom of the eighth. They got need one run at least to keep this game going. But uh, thanks to a home run by uh, AJ Ellis, I'm uh, watching this very closely and. Uh, I'm kind of wishing I could be watching the game right now, but uh, I want to pay attention to this radio show. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think of this whole thing? Well, I just want to say that I'll be adding my last secret rate back payment to this week's Black Chip Poker Filthy Lesson <laughs> Free Roll Thursday night at 9.30 p.m. on blackchippoker.com. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they really can't be super upset. Everybody knows about these, and... Listen, it's not just black chip. There's no, it's not. No, Lock, Lock was do... worse than they were before they left the network. Yeah. The, you can actually do better than what you can do on black chip elsewhere. It's just one of those things that exists. And uh, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on it. I think it's uh, it's unfortunate for the players. Yeah, it um, is. But it's great for the competing skins. I don't know that there's going to be a, a rush on rpm poker now because of it i mean if you know i think they were just trying to stop the bleeding i think i don't think people are necessarily going to leave black chip and black chip black chip and go back (laughs) to their skins i don't know why i keep saying that uh but uh their old skins some might some might not but i think it's more so these skin owners can feel like that they're not going to have their best players continuously yanked away from them which is what was happening it wasn't just black chip you're right uh, Lock Poker was, uh, they were the ones at first that were the recipient of, of, the, of the complaints, or the, the subject of the complaints, until they left the network. And uh, Lock Poker, in fact, was dumb enough to advertise one of their secret rakeback deals. And, and then that was where they uh, discontinued it when Merge forced them to discontinue it because they were dumb enough to advertise it, and that's what, uh, and then they didn't want to pay people the back money that they had, had earned. So that caused like a 90-page thread on 2 Plus 2 about it which I have talked about and wrote about on this site. But, uh, you know, now Locke is not an issue anymore since they've left the Merge Network. So everybody redirected their anger over from Locke, who was the biggest offender, to Black Chip, who I heard was the second biggest offender. Maybe not about the most rake back you could earn, but as far as the number of players that moved over uh, who were poached. And this is just what I heard from through the grapevine. I don't have any facts to back this up. And, uh, you know, I'm not even bashing any of these sites, and, and Jason brought up a good point, that this is bad for the players, that it, it was great getting extra rake back. And if you're a grinder these days, it's it's very hard to win in online poker. 
th there aren't many fish left right now. Uh, you're typically sitting with, with a number of good players at your table. It, it's pretty damn hard to win. The limits are lower than they used to be. The people who used to play uh, 100, 200 on stars are now playing 10, 20 on merge. So the same games you could beat at that level three or four years ago are much harder. Much, much harder. So if you can get extra rake back, that can often make the difference between you being profitable and break even, or, or break even and losing. So, Jeff, what's your what's your schedule online now? Because I used to sweat you secretly on Merge. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen you on there as much. You, have you just backed away from it, or? Yeah, I I, I quit for a while. I, I just uh, I just decided that uh, for a while I, I just kind of had enough with uh, the games. Just weren't good. It was the, mostly the same people over and over who were good players. Uh, you sometimes have a fish in the game, but it was never like a mega fish. It was always kind of like a semi-donk and then, you know, five good players and it was only like 10-20 typically I'd be playing and, you know, I, I just got sick of it. it was, when I was running well, it didn't hurt as much, but when I was starting to run bad then then I would start losing and I, I'd get frustrated and I, I said, you know, this is only 10-20. Uh, on, on the good side, when I lose, it can never hurt too much but, but on the bad side, this is a waste of my time. I'm not... I'm not making that much money here overall now, and uh, the games are tough. And, uh, you know, even if I run well, I'm not going to win a whole lot of money. And uh, it's taking up a lot of my time, so so I I said maybe it's time for a break. So I, I took a break. And in fact, this has been the longest break I've ever had from poker. I, I haven't played any poker in quite some time. Uh, so, If you were to play tomorrow, what room would you play on? You know, if I were to play tomorrow, I'd, I'd probably come back and, and uh, play on Hero again. Um, you know, I, I, I've i always liked uh, David Jung, the uh, CEO of Hero. I don't even know if they take American players right now, but uh, um, the guy's always been very straight with me and, and seemed like a good guy and uh, never had any problems over there. And uh, So it's always a risk playing on any online site these days. At any point, they could all get shut down by the government and you could lose your money and I wouldn't be surprised if money isn't being held in separate accounts, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I, I'm understanding the risks when I play, even though I'm not playing right now. But if I, if I came back, it would be sort of thing like the money I have online, I, I understand at any point this could be taken away from me, and that's part of the risk I'm assuming playing in addition to just the normal risk of, of losing in the game. So, uh, so that, that, that's the answer. I've just kind of uh, quit in the meantime. Uh, and, and not... I, I'm. I'm not quitting because I'm busto or uh, or because I've lost a lot of money. I, I haven't, and uh, I just quit because the games aren't that good anymore, and it just it just wasn't really worth my time for the moment, and I felt it was time to take a break. So uh, we we keep getting a, a phone call here, and uh, I put this on. I think you'd be surprised of who this is, provided they answer. Let me see. The, here's the phone number. I think you'll be surprised who I'm putting on the phone here. But I'm getting a lot of calls from this person, so what the hell? Well, we'll take a flop. Hi, you reached six seven two one one three. Yep. <laughs> is is that uh is was that tied? That that was Marty. I attempted to put Mar Marty tried to call the show a number of times, and I said, "All right, I'll, I'll I'll let Marty speak on here." I'm sorry, Marty, that your your phone number came on. It was really fast, but uh, uh, hung up as fast as I could, but. Uh, Wow, I'm surprised. I'm shocked that you would take that call, Druff. 
Well, he called a number of times. Oh, he's calling back. He, he called a number of times during other segments, and I, I didn't want those segments to get derailed, so he's calling in now. Hello, Marty. Hello. Yeah, hello. You're on the show. Oh, hold on. I have to uh, cancel your show so I don't reverb here. All right. Oh, well, very, uh, very nice of you to take my call. Well, as I said, Marty, I, I I didn't take your call earlier because I was in the middle of... Uh, oh, you mean all the, the nine times I called during the riveting Hollywood Dave interview about banging, uh, what's your face? It actually wasn't Howard Hollywood Dave. It was a different Dave. It was a Dave who was in Hollywood at some point, but it's not Hollywood Dave. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So, so what, so what, you, what you, you, say, you say me for last, huh? Not necessarily. I just uh, I wanted to wait for the right moment. You just thought you thought you'd do me a little bit of charity and put me on your show. I wouldn't say charity. You were t- you were attempting to call in a number of times. I said, all right, I'll give him a shot here. So go ahead. You're gonna give me a shot? Yeah, to to say what you'd like to say. Well, first of all, shout out to Brandon. Dude, stop yelling into your microphone. And uh, anyway, how drunk is Brandon tonight? For God's sake, stay at home, buddy. Uh, I, I didn't really notice that Brandon was drunk. Brandon, are, are you drunk? Brandon is Brandon's obviously wasted. Guys, check his microphone. It's, it's covered with saliva. Brandon, are, are you drunk right now? I think Brandon's ordering food right oh, now. Oh, Brandon. So. Okay, Brandon's oh, he order, he's Order ordering food. Uh, he's ordering food. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Doodle House pot stickers. Yeah. And can I have it with the sauce on the side? <laughs> and that is going to be it. There we go. Little House pot stickers. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, Todd, let's get down to yeah, business. That's, um, that's going to be Hello? Hello? Yeah, here, I'll disconnect Brandon while he's ordering the food. Okay, so uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. Yeah, put put Drunky on the bench, okay? No, he's, on, he's on the bench until he's done ordering food. Go, go ahead, Marty. All right. Well, I'm trying to be reasonable here. I'm not going to call in and call you horrible names. That's nice. Uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually feeling very calm tonight, and uh, I'd like to get to the bottom of a few issues here. Uh, you're making some very serious accusations against uh, MWH. Oh, I see. I, I don't want to talk about that they, on this show. You know, no, no. Hold on, hold on. This is my stage right now. No, well, give me my, but it's give my, my show, my though, Marty. Marty, I, I'll, let me tell you why I don't want to talk about it. This this Todd, radio show is different second. than hold the on, Todd. Hold on. It, it's different than the forum. Ninety-nine percent of the show has been you talking. Would you like a real guest? I want to ask you a couple of valid questions. Okay, Marty. You're, you're, Marty. Making, you're making a lot of Marty, very you need, you serious need to accusations. To First of all, Marty, you need to listen to me here. Oh, my God. Okay, this is the part where you, you're just going to cut me off? No, I'm just gonna. I'm telling you here that this show is not about forum drama. They're two separate things. Oh, it's oh, your show's not about forum drama, it's not. really. It's not. No, your show's about parroting content from 2 plus 2 or wherever else it's to talk about things happening it's, it's to talk it, about not, things happening not, in poker you're not, that's what uh, I do. you're not inventing this uh, everybody saw the the story about Brandon Cantu everybody's already read all this bullshit on other forums so you're telling me I can't Stop. talk about it because it's been talked about elsewhere no right. I'm just saying I'm asking you a question about what's going on right now in your community my community yeah. the whole, oh, really? the whole uh, Brandon, you know what? Go back to the bottle, drunkie. 
<laughs> I mean, no, dude, you're fucking, you're fucking wasted. Get off the air. Marty, Marty you can't tell Brandon you, to get off been, the air. Brandon to- is... Brandon, you've been totally useless tonight. As a- All right, I, I, had, I had to drop Marty here. I just dropped Marty. Apologies to Brandon. Brandon, are you hammered tonight? Because if so, I would yeah, like six I, I, I dropped him here. I, I tried to give it a chance, but uh, this was just not... Uh, uh, now we, we lost Brandon somehow. I don't even think he hung up. I think it's like a loss of connection here. Todd, what is it that you think is actually going to happen when you take those calls? Do you think it's just going to be a, a a non-confrontational nice phone call? Or? Uh, maybe I'm too much of an optimist here. I mean, I think I think you're being optimistic to a fault there. You, you know how it's going to go, so I don't know why you put yourself through that. Yeah. Uh I, I was hoping that uh, after all this time of, of not taking his call that you know he'd call up and have something good to say, but uh, for some reason he wanted to go off on Brandon and then, and then wanted to bring up uh, forum drama with me, which, uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you people here just in general that we have a different audience for this show than we have for the forum. There There is a crossover. There are people who listen to the show and read the forum but there's a lot of people who listen to the show especially in the podcast that have never been to the forum and don't want to be they don't like forums and uh, like like for example Matt Glantz told me when he sat down next to me at the World Series that he listens to this show every week and he enjoys it and I said oh great you listen and he said oh yeah, yeah I've listened for a long time and I had no idea Matt Glantz listens and he told me he listens in the podcast but um you know, I don't want to put people like Matt Glantz, or even people who aren't as well-known as Matt Glantz, uh, just no-name poker players who just listen to this, I don't want to put them through rehashing a forum drama that they don't know or care about. And uh, believe me, I have a lot of things I could say about stuff going on in the forums. I, I could use the show to, to trash certain people I don't like on the forums, whatever, but I, I don't want to do that. I don't want the show to be about uh, about forum stuff. Actually, Todd, my dad listens to your show. Yeah, there we go. I don't want Jason's dad put through this. I don't know. I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember he sent me a text message not too long ago, and it was. It said, "Listening to Poker Fraud Alert. Who the fuck is four hundred eight Mike?" <laughs> is, is what his <laughs> message said. So, I, you definitely do have a, a strong audience that doesn't participate in the forum. Yeah, as well. and I, I just don't want this stuff polluting my, my the, the radio show. It, it already pollutes the forum to some degree. And uh, I don't want it polluting the radio show. And I, I, you know, I thought maybe Marty would just have some general comments or say some funny things. But it, you know, he went off on Brandon, and then he went, uh, he, he started all this crap about uh, form drama. And uh, so have you ever considered doing a forum specific show in addition to this one? I mean, I, I could, but I, I, I don't have the time to do two two radio shows and. Uh, you know, it just—it's just something I, I don't want to do, and you know, everything I've said on uh, everything yeah, I've said on the forum, I don't feel like repeating in in radio format and and all that. So, uh, um, you know, you can't come on the show here and be disrespectful to the other co-hosts. You can't—you uh, can't come on here just just trash the co-hosts and uh, tell them to shut up or things like that. Like you have to be respectful if you appear on this show. And while while I, I I can take some some of that talk to me, I I I don't want 
hear my co-host beat Doctor that way. So well, once he started with that crap on Brandon, I had to. That that was that was the final straw. He was gone. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we're we're speaking of Brandon. We're having a little uh, trouble reaching him again here since uh, since this happened. But um, someone just asked in the chat room if Latoya Jackson or Justine Bateman listened to this show. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it earlier, but somebody had posted in the chat room uh, that her name should be Latrina Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> because she was giving blowjobs in a porta potty. I actually looked through that guy's Facebook page. That guy seems like a weird guy, Jeff. Um, well, I think he's a character. This is someone who's, who's not uh, not your typical person you're, you're going to run into every day. And uh, so... So yeah, I mean he's uh, to have done all the things that he's done and be part of all the things he's been part of. It, it, it's not likely you're going to be the average person. It's not likely you're going to come off as the the typical guy, and he doesn't. And if you meet him in person, he does. As Just said, in looking through his Facebook, I feel like he's a, a professional fan. Is that kind of accurate? No, no, but that's the thing. He's not really a fan. He's uh, he actually he he does like taking pictures with people that that are you know that are celebrities. But but he did this because he really was involved with all of them, and 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 really had they were really in his life in some way, and and that's why and I think in in some way it's actually cool that he did this because while it may have been you know may look cheesy at the time to take pictures of people, and say hey you're a celebrity take a picture you know he he wasn't just seeing them walking down Hollywood Boulevard and saying hey take a picture with me these were all people that he really had some sort of work with some kind of involvement with. And then when he tells these stories years later, and people say, "I don't know if you really knew this person," you could be making this up. Then then he pulls out the picture and shows them. He says, hey, "Look at me with this person." And uh, um, so I, I think that it, it's interesting that he kind of uh, took these photos to kind of keep records of uh, all the different people he knew over the years. And uh, I mean, it's it's a huge group of people. That he has pictures with, with celebrities from the '80s and early '90s, and uh, and and you know he really was, he really did tour with Sam Kinison. If you saw Sam Kinison in Las Vegas or wherever else, and in, in the you know prior to Sam's death, you probably saw him up on stage at some point. Uh, if you listen yeah, to Howard I'm, Stern, I'm actually a massive Howard Stern fan, and uh, looking at I was looking on YouTube at some of the old E Show stuff, and it's unbelievable. Uh, I actually do remember him. Yeah, yeah, he was there, and. Uh, um, it, it was funny because what you know, I was on Howard Stern in '96 when I oh, when, when I hacked. Uh, you know about this, right? No, I don't. No, you don't. I hacked Daniel Carver's answering machine in '96, and I changed the message to be a parody of uh, of, of Daniel Carver's normal KKK message. And uh, you know, he used to always say, "Wake up, white people." I, I my whole theme was "Go to sleep, white people," and I hacked his his answering machine and I called up. Howard Stern and uh, Stuttering John and Baba Booey listened to it and thought it was really funny and then they arranged to put me on the show with Daniel Carver which I didn't even realize they were going to do but they said they are going to put me on the show and then they dropped Daniel Carver on there with me to debate about whether I should have hacked his answering machine and it was like a, it was a really funny 15 minute segment in, in October of 96 and Do you have audio of that somewhere? I, I do, I'll, I'll post it again it's been posted before on my site but I'll post it again and, yeah, post uh, I, I must have just missed that. Yeah, and and um, I I gave myself a fake name because uh, hacking answer machines was illegal, and I didn't want to 
get in trouble or anything. So I said my name was Jim, and I, I used a fake southern accent, but you can definitely tell it's my voice. And anyway, the funny thing was one of my favorite Daniel Carver clips was from that New Year's Eve pageant where he asked Howard he, Howard asked him uh, if he has any thoughts for the public as we go into 1994, and Daniel went on this crazy rant. And I didn't realize from watching that clip all those times that right next to Daniel standing there was Dave. I'm like, that's funny. I've seen that clip so many times, and the guy standing right behind Daniel Carver was this guy who was on tonight. So, uh, so you know, he was really involved in the in the whole Hollywood community. Was was the um, Doug Beatty? Was that the only whack packer that he managed, or was yes. he like? Yeah, that was, was the only. A, it wasn't so much a management. Notes. He was friends with Doug Beatty from high school, and then he, Dave, really, really wanted to break into show business, and and didn't quite know how, and just worked as hard as he could, and tried as hard as he could to just appear anywhere and do anything that would get him, uh, get him on TV and and get some kind of fame for himself, and and you know, so he had befriended Doug in high school, and uh, then I guess he came up with the idea, hey, you know, why don't we, why aren't we like a comedy team? You you can be the foul mouth uh, mes- muscular dystrophy guy that nobody expects t- to talk like that, and I'll be the straight man and your handler. And 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 Doug needed a handler anyway because he was you know two foot four and in a wheelchair, so um, they did that and they, and they they were pretty successful with it and really hooked up with a lot of uh, well known people I- until Doug died in '96, and then Dave really had to find a new direction for his career. Because unfortunately, his career was tied a lot to another person, and and Dave by himself, you know, wasn't as interesting to the public as, as a muscular dystrophy guy with a foul mouth. Like that's 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 a gimmick right there. You know, Dave is just a, a regular guy who, uh, who who's good at milking stuff for show business, but doesn't have any kind of uh, gotcha gimmick like that. So uh, he had to reinvent himself, and that's where he came up with the whole idea to do the uh, all the different TV shows. So. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You look back. You know, he looks back on his life. He has he has a lot of really crazy and interesting stories. I mean, how many people can say they got a blowjob from Latoya Jackson in a stall for cocaine? I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knows? It could be tons. <laughs> it could be <laughs> yeah, a hundred. But uh, I mean, he's told me so many stories here, and I and I believe I, I believe most or all of them to be true. So I've seen, I've seen evidence to back up a lot of these things, and. Uh, you know, there's there's such details in the stories. It it seems like they're probably true stories. So I, I thought that uh, if it was interesting to me to hear this stuff, I thought it would be interesting for our user base, especially since we we always talk about dirty things on this show. And uh, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought he was a, a wonderful. I'd like to actually like to hear a lot more um, because just as I'm going through his facebook page i mean the guys is it's a very eclectic group of people i mean yeah yes she's with obviously and why is that all midgets are gigantic fans of professional wrestling <laughs> just one, one of those things I, he's I, got pictures with i don't know hundreds of wrestlers i don't know who they are and then randomly like iced tea and uh people like that it's, it's just weird it's like a whole weird dynamic this guy has so i hope in future episodes you can delve into this guy's mindset yeah so um you know um he was a uh, kind of a star in the past and uh, we might have on the show in the f- someone who's going to be a star in the future a female and 
I'll see if she she actually mentioned last week she wanted to come on, but it was just it was just after we sh- had shut down the show. But uh, this is someone who's uh, currently in a semi-major play as one of the starring characters in L.A. and may actually be in a major movie as a major character too very soon. And this is someone I, I know through Kansas Scale. Movie adaptation of the play? No, totally different. But uh, just as someone who's, who's breaking into Hollywood very fast, a, a girl I know through Ken Scaler that he's really obsessed with. So <laughs> I, I might. She actually expressed desire to be on the show last week, and uh, maybe I'll save that for a future week. And uh, you know, the Dodgers—they're not in very good shape right now. They're down four to three in the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't. I don't follow it. Uh, did you? Were we gonna call somebody tonight too, Druff? Or I'm trying to look at the. We were gonna call that girl okay. who had. We'll do that. We'll do that another week. It's. Uh, um, she typically didn't answer the phone late when we called her, and I, I think I just think it'd be a better segment if we don't call at ten thirty. If you call someone at ten thirty, they they're kind of on guard. With uh, they get a strange call that time of the night. They're kind of like on guard already and on edge already. Like, why is someone calling me this late? So it, it's it's not as good to make calls when people are already like kind of not exactly feeling like they want to talk and are very guarded about what they say. It's much better when you can just kind of get them and they're uh, just willing to pick up the phone and and, and talk and, and think everything's fine. So uh, I, th- I think we've pretty much covered everything tonight. And uh, thank you, Jacep, for... Yeah, no problem. Uh, anytime you need somebody to come on and talk with you, I'm always here. Yeah, no, you, you had some very good insight tonight, and I enjoyed having you as a third co-host. I thought you had a lot of good things to say. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you glad you volunteered and, and happy to have you on here. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And there we go. And music every single time. For those of you that don't know, for those of you that are a little bit younger, this was the end song to All in the Family. And uh, you, you would watch... You'd actually be kind of leaving Archie Bunker's house, and, and it would be moving down the street, and eventually you'd be like in a plane over New York. So it'd be moving out of you know down his street, then out of Queens, and then eventually over New York City, as if you're leaving the bunkers for a week. That's the uh, That was the point of this... Uh, little closing song, a very well-known and famous end song at the time in the 1970s, but uh, for those of you that are a little bit younger, you may not remember this. But I just think it's a perfect kind of closing song to, uh, to anything. It makes me want to watch Nick and Night. It does. It, it, I'll tell you, whenever I hear this at the end of the show, I, I, I kind of want to turn on the TV and, and, and watch All the Family. It just, And I thought that was a great show. I think that's the best sitcom of all time. I think it aged very well, actually. A lot of the issues in the show, a lot of the humor in the show, I think still works very well today, where some other shows you watch from, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and just looks really stupid. And Russ, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh... Yeah, VegasPokerRadio.com, uh, Thursday nights. And, uh... Thursday night this week, Amanda Musumichi comes on to, uh that she is uh, no longer a cool girl because she got too famous. So look forward to that. Huh. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 
so VegasPokerRadio.com for for that show and, and other ones appearing on that uh, on that same website. And as it's like a sister site to Poker Fraud Alert, and uh, you know we always support everything that each other do and uh, appreciate uh, their support. And I appreciate Jason appearing on the show. Thank you everybody for listening. Next week, no show. No show. I'll be back two weeks from now on October 16th. Same time, 7 o'clock. Hopefully we'll start on time that time. For now, good night and... Shalom. Shalom.